And welcome to Leaving the Geek, almost to Pictures and Catchers Report edition. I am John Bonus of Twins Daily. You forgot that for <laughs> I forgot a second. Yeah, my name for a second. Uh, and with me, Aaron Gleeman of The Athletic. John L. Bonus. What is your, Lawrence? Lowell. Lowell. We've been over this. Yes. I, th- I believe I said what I'll say now, which is uh, unacceptable. Just a ter- ter- terrible As a middle name. name. Yeah, I, I mean, even in the 70s, it was a terrible middle name. I bet we've there, talked about things like, I would yeah. bet we've had this conversation 10 times, because I tend to get <laughs> hung up on such things. <laughs> my middle name, Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked purposeless. About yes. No, right. no reason for it. Uh, yeah, John, you are going AJ Gleeman. Yeah, which yeah. nobody we've discussed that. Yes, that's how I know I'm not a likable person. <laughs> My initials are A J, and not once in uh, 40 years has somebody been like, "Hey, AJ." Nope. The most natural nickname of all time. Right. Nobody thought. Right. Let's give this kid a right. nickname. Yes, um, yeah, very close to. I saw that. Uh, the trucks are headed to Fort Myers with all the equipment. Moving day, or whatever they call it. Saw a video of that. I saw that. Max- can, I tell, can I tell my favorite story about the trucks? I, yeah. Okay. You have more than. Um, yeah. I didn't know there was such a. So. Uh, can I tell my favorite story about the trucks? Well, yeah, you can, Lowell. <laughs> so uh, that is, you know, that was a staple of spring training stories, right? Like that's why we yeah. joke about the it. Trucks are headed. The trucks are headed over lines. It's a big promotional thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's always a story like that. So uh, one on uh, Twins Daily, one of the few uh, satires that was not by uh, Randall Stew was by Ben Remington, and he he did one of our story. great comedic minds, of the <laughs> who, 21st who, century. who usually at the time who was also ready me. for Wild Extra, who hates me Does with he? a with a burning passion for ten years now, <laughs> twenty years now, possibly. Go on. Anyway. He, uh, he put one of basically the headline was something like uh, Burt Bly Levin emerges from uh, truck to Fort Myers dazed and confused. Not sure who was. He accidentally got packed into the into yeah. the truck. No, right. I assume that's, that's how they send like Bramer. <laughs> right. And and so you know we read that as a satire story. Uh, we get a call from uh, Dustin Morse because a TV crew from Fort Myers showed up wanting to talk to Burt about his experience. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Morris had the TV crew show up at been like, Fort Myers. Sure, can we do it over the phone? Yeah, hello, this is Burt Blylevin. Uh-huh. Yeah, California math. Yep. <laughs> and, and Circle like, me. Did you guys run a story about... <laughs> like, well, luckily, yeah. <laughs> luckily, in the years since then, uh, the, you're never going to get a no, call or a text from Dustin Morris about satire. confusing yeah. a satire article on... Oh, wait. Uh, Twins Daily. Um... <laughs> Yeah. See, by the way, did you see today's? I did, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be meaner t- towards me when I saw it. Just one quote. Uh, yeah, it's about today's... Uh, he On Friday's Ramble Stu, our friend uh, Stu Newman, who's been on the show, but not recently. I don't yeah, think. we need to have him on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, wrote a thing. Uh, the writers are in the best shape. Not in the best shape of their life. <laughs> Heading to, which is Twins B writer is in the worst shape of his life. Yeah, which, God, is that right? I am in the worst. I'm really like, I haven't walked more than like 10 consecutive feet since the season ended. And you're heading there Tuesday right. to Fort Myers. I am, by the way, in probably the worst shape of my life. Yeah, but you have the cardio to, 
to fake it. Do you know what I mean? Not much, not lately. No, but compared to me, John. <laughs> well, okay, all right. All a right. land sloth has uh, <laughs> more cardio than me, and that's the problem. You go from sitting on your couch for an entire winter, you hop off the plane in Fort Myers, it's 80 degrees, you're sweating, just puddles wherever you go, and all you're doing is walking. <laughs> and I think to myself, it would have been good to walk further than the distance from the couch to the refrigerator <laughs> at one point in the last like four and a half months there. just to prep myself for this. But that's that's usually going to be my undoing. But you had <laughs> my, there. My, my, fa- my favorite quote of that is that vertical is, I can't smoke my way out of this one, but I plan to try. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't even have that. I just have. But, but yeah, you're going on Tuesday. Yes. I'm going then on Sunday. Not this, Not Super Bowl Sunday, but the next Sunday I'll be there. Um, we are, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I feel like weirdly though, this off season, this is going to sound ridiculous, but went kind of fast. I feel like maybe because in a lot of the past previous six off seasons under this front office and even under the previous front office, there was these long periods, like months long periods of nothing. Yeah. And so from a twin standpoint or from a twin right. writer standpoint or right. podcaster standpoint, you did a lot of like killing time right. or, or filling content voids and then you know february 20th or for that matter may 20 or march 20th all of a sudden oh they've made three moves let's cover it and then oh spring training's going already right this time it was like a pretty steady diet of one or two moves every couple of weeks well i mean there was a lot in january and then the problem with the thing is is that in december it was full-time korea confidential you know, right. it was it, it was just it was we for four five six weeks right. we were watching stuff and the, we were watching the the drama of the Korea thing ended up being multiple stories because you had him signing with sure. the Giants, you had them pursuing him coming close then signing with the Giants then signing with the Mets right. so there was breaking news about stuff yeah. every two there three was days. there wasn't an act, stuff to talk about. there was only really one move <laughs> it was right. the Gallo move and I guess trading Farmer trading for Farmer at the at the arbitration thing so there wasn't right. that they much traded there. or shell I mean they just did right. more yeah, than. I mean, there were years, not even that far back, like within the last two, three years, where they would go 60 days sometimes with nothing. That's true. And ultimately, at the end of that, they would sign Josh Johnson or they would (laughs) sign Correa or something. But those moves kind of weren't expected. And so, like you said, we spent a month. We spent December constantly tracking and talking about (laughs) Carlos Correa. That wasn't really the case a lot of times in previous off-seasons. So I do feel like from a writer podcaster or even fan standpoint the previous two three four five six years there were there were weeks at a time when you just kind of had the feeling like i can just relax here nothing's happening (laughs) and i'm not saying this is the world's most stressful job but it is there is a component of it where it's like oh no ken rosenthal has just tweeted something and it's i mean we've we've done podcasts at four in the morning after the korea stuff or even midnight or whatever and it's like oh now i gotta Whatever I did tonight, whether it was, uh, you know, drink four bottles of wine or had uh, <laughs> right, yeah, right. seven things of fried rice and I'm in a food coma, <laughs> right. if the if those tweets hit, all of a sudden you're writing an article, you're, you know, calling John and saying, uh, what time are we recording and all that. I right. feel like there's been, there's just been more of that. Uh, I also just get stressed out very easily well, for I, such things. I, 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 think I hate I'll, having to do things. Basically, <laughs> it's my, I think it's not a, listen, we, we've done this every week. Of every off season for eleven years, right? Right. We and get the piecing in, 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 of it. Invariably, we 
there are at least a couple times every offseason where we kind of go look at each other, text back and forth, and go, what are we even talking right. about this There hasn't week? been much of that. There's, there's been none of that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe just because we've got right. so spectacular at talking right. about nothing, <laughs> much like Seinfeld. Well, I mean, the truth is, is that it doesn't matter. We just put on the two mics in front of us and start talking twins, and it, we'll fill up an hour and a half of something. Yeah, <laughs> right. Something yeah. will come up. <laughs> I don't know. It just had a different feel. and. Not that I might. I mean, I don't want another six months of an off season necessarily, <laughs> but I I do feel like this just kind of it, there was no like extended break right, from yeah, the season to yeah, spring. Yeah, and I wonder like there it, was no complete downtime, right. and now we're started now that now the race starts. But I wonder like <laughs> who cares? Nobody should care how, that I feel that way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I wonder like is that the feeling for the front office or the players or the staff and all that once they get. Fort Myers, because yeah, I mean, they. I saw yesterday, Polanco's already there, Kepler's already there. I forget a couple other guys are already there. A lot of twins, particularly twins who came up through right. the farm system, right. live or have lived in Florida or even in Fort Myers. You know, they'll have a place. Right. A lot of I know Kepler went Next to high, yeah, right. went to high school across the street right. Yeah, at exactly whatever right. Fort Myers High. Right. I remember the first time I went there, somebody was like, hey, there's the high school Kepler went to. Yeah. And I was like, really? It's literally yeah. next to the back gate. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was because they signed him when he was 16 and right. he's from Germany. Right. And they were like, what do we do with him now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. High school? Question mark? And yeah, he went to high school. Yeah. That is weird, though, to go to high school across the street from where you work. Right. And you've got to be sort of a celebrity there, right? I mean, like... There's no one who goes to Fort Myers High School and isn't aware that the Minnesota Twins complex is across the street. Yeah, so I wonder, he wasn't living in the dorm there, though, right? He must have been maybe his parents. That I don't know. But they do have teenage prospects living in the dorms. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, right. And in fact, they used those dorms uh, during the, the hurricane yes. for first responders yep. and also the shelter people. Yeah. Um, the Twins like opened up their facilities, right. basically. Yeah. So, yeah. I... Uh, I have a feeling a 16-year-old Max Kepler didn't need much help in terms of, uh, you know, making friends. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. But that probably didn't hurt. Yeah. I think I would. my high school would have gone better if, you know, the Minnesota Twins were across the street from Highland Senior High. <laughs> and I, like, took my lunch break and sure. went hit in the batting cage with sure. them. And uh, I'm trying to remember who was on the team back then. Go hang out with Tory Hunter after school or whatever. I don't know. That seems like a good. Um, and now, uh, what, 13 years later, he's still a member of the tour. Yeah, and, and, and probably around for another year. Yeah. What's that? yeah. I, you forget about that. Like, even Sano was a member of the Twins organization for 12 years. Right. Thir- I mean, one year, one fewer year than, than Kepler. And Polanco's the exact same. They all signed at 16 the same the same uh, summer, basically. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that. Because, you know, the te- their tenure with the team, like Kepler, I think this is like his maybe seventh year or something like that with the major league team, maybe even eighth year. And it's like, oh, he's got almost that many in the minors because when you yeah. sign at 16, uh, as we uh, – the Twins just signed a new batch of 16-year-olds. <laughs> yes. One guy was born in 2006, <laughs> and I just thought, I'm done. 2006, a guy was born that they just signed. To, for like, by the My way, goodness. $2 million. Yeah, what would right. you have done with $2 million when you were 16, John? Would you have? I would see, have bought a lot of a uh, lot I, of Dungeons and Dragons paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing you do now. No, but I feel like your parents weren't. They wouldn't have let you go nuts with it. Oh, I don't think so. Your yeah, parents yeah, were yeah, pretty. Right. I would have paid for college. Up. I was real stressed about getting yeah. paid for college when I was sixteen. I don't know what I would have done. I so. think I would have just dropped out. 
at 16. I would not be at Fort Myers High School. That would have been, if I was Kepler, I'd be like, right. listen, I'll say he didn't get $2 million. I think he got How much eight, does this degree cost you? Right. I'd be like, look, I'll take the 800000 to sign with you instead of whatever second place team was trying to sign me at 16, but I ain't going to high school. That's over with. I've already earned, I, I, was, I would have done that for a dollar. I would have paid $800,000 to not go to high school. In those <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, by next Sunday, we'll both be in Fort Myers. Um, if you haven't joined the Patreon podcast yet, we're going to be doing a lot of those. We're going to be doing yes. uh, a lot of, w- once we're both there. I think we'll probably do one Patreon next week, and after that, it's gonna be, we're going to be trying for two a week with news yeah. from Fort Myers. We're both going to be in Fort Myers through ooh, two and a half weeks. Yeah, through me. like the first and week of You'll be there March. a little longer. Uh, right. Yeah, we'll probably get some interviews, grab some people once we uh, see them there. Um, I don't know. I always like doing a show or two just like while they're taking batting practice because yep. you can hear the, the crack of the bat or whatever. You yep. can hear the – in most cases, you can hear the lawnmower or whatever. <laughs> the, the leaf wind, blower. The leaf blower, yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. It's the worst. And the music. Yeah. Well, you'll the hear – Plastic uh, music. Center field by John <laughs> Fogarty like 400,000 This is where having the really crappy mics that don't pick up much sure. really works out for us. Well, yeah. And now I have um, – for the first time ever, it's going to be a game changer for me. I've I've moved on from the uh, headphones with cords to the cord. Oh, I'm in the go. cordless world, thanks to one of our sponsors, which we'll, we'll talk cool, about. Right, in a minute. Yeah. But uh, the the noise canceling component is key because once the brain hears "Center Field" by John Fogerty <laughs> for not- the hundredth time <laughs> in the span of a week, it just melts. Yeah. Your brain just stuff, stuff starts leaking out your ears, like your brain matter. Just so. Uh, Okay, there's a few other things. Yesterday I was gifted, really for pre-Valentine's Day, I would say, because what is more romantic okay. than this? I was gifted a brand new neck fan by Becky. Oh, wow. Which means I'm really I'm prepared to. You are. And that's making its way to Fort Myers? Oh, yeah, for I sure. Just come did you have a plane. neck fan at Fort Myers last year? Yeah, last year I did, two years ago. Oh, I wasn't there last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah, I was thinking, why did I have so much fun last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I got to be equipped. Need multiple neck fans because if one goes out, yeah, it's like a generator. You don't you need to have a backup. Yeah, and I'm, a backup to the backup. A backup to the backup. Which is <laughs> sure. Cool. I have a I have a Byron Buxton neck fan. I have a Michael A. Taylor neck fan, and I have a Hilberto Celestino neck fan. The backup to the backup is just dough blowing at you. Well, let's not encourage that. That sounds odd. Uh, so yeah, the, but if you were thinking about joining the Patreon, I think uh, it will be worthwhile. The, the episodes cost one dollar right. when we put them out. If you join now through opening day, you might end up paying, I don't know, seven bucks or something like that <laughs> uh, to get commercial free episodes, some interviews, some, uh, you know, on the on the site reporting. Right. Maybe reporting's a bit stronger, but you get the idea. <laughs> right. um, also, I just wanted to say last week. We have lots of conversations and we can't put them all in print. So we, we're yeah. going to get on and talk about them to somebody. That, so. There's a lot of stuff in in. Spring training, especially in the early before games start, which I think the first game's like the twenty fifth or something. So I'll, you'll be there like ten days. I'll be there like a week before game starts. Right. There's a lot of stuff from those first handful of days right. where everyone's just kind of getting acclimated. As I always say, the the players aren't sick of the media yet because they haven't seen us for like five months. Right. So if you walk up to somebody, they're real chatty. They tell you about their off season, and you get a lot of information that, like you said, is this a story? No. Is this even a notebook item? No, but if I have 15 little ones, we can do two minutes each on a podcast. If I've got an hour and 15 minutes to kill, I, right. I will talk about it. Yeah, and who knows? We'll try to we'll try to rope some people into stopping by the podcast uh, 
Maybe you don't even have to be on for a whole show. Maybe that'll be how we get people. Yeah, maybe. You don't have to come on for an hour and a half. Right. Seven minutes in heaven with John and Aaron. How about that? <laughs> Seven minute interview. Um, well, we were the we were the number one baseball podcast on, on me. Uh, not even iTunes anymore. Apple, huh. which is the second week already in 2023 that's happened. Hmm. We've been in the top five every week of 2023. Wow. I, I realize this sounds like bragging, and I guess in a way it is. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but also. Whatever you guys are also, doing, you guys rock. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Like we're not right. advertising it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Although we might, we might try. We might start that at some point here. <laughs> but like once in a while, like most of the time, I when I'm on like KFan, I don't even remember to plug the podcast. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't right. even pl- like. I'll come back from KFan and I'll be like, I didn't plug the athletic. I didn't plug the podcast. <laughs> I didn't plug anything. Yeah, um, I'm familiar. So that's our <laughs> level of advertising. So clearly there's a there's a word of mouth here. And obviously, you know, we tweet it out and all that stuff. But uh, that's the same. You're, you're swimming in the same pool there. Right. But you need right. to have some outreach to people sure. and bring them in. So, yeah, whatever you guys are doing, I don't know if you, they're standing around water coolers, like forcing people to listen, like almost like Clockwork Orange with that, <laughs> where you pull someone's eyes open. I think it's how uh, cleverly we name the podcasts. The, uh, yeah, it's the headline. Well, you're, it was a big hit when we did the erotic mailbag <laughs> last time on Patreon. People were like, "Oh no, I don't want to listen to least this. downloaded yeah. podcast ever." Nah. Not, not, I don't mean ours. I mean in, in the in history, history of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> it had negative. They told us it had negative <laughs> listeners, which they didn't even realize was possible. But we've cracked the uh, thing. Um, let's see. We, we got some uh, World Baseball Classic rosters with a lot of twins on them. Ba- Team Puerto Rico is basically all twins. Yeah. And that's with Carlos Correa opting out. Opting out. out. Uh, they right. still have five. So we're talking. Miranda make it? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. That's a, I mean, it's not even like make it. Like it's, were they allowed to be on the team? Right. By their parent team? Right. Um, and I don't mean allowed like, but like some of these guys had injury situations, sure. which in Correa had that, but also his wife's about to have their second kid like right during the WBC or right when it starts. Um, so we'll talk about we'll go through some of those rosters because those guys are going to leave camp on March seventh, I think, something like that, end of the first week of of camp. They'll leave Twins camp, you know, roughly a, right. I don't know yeah. dozen players. Kind of about dis- the time you're leaving Twins camp. Yes, well, I planned it. I planned it that way because <laughs> right, my yeah. feeling was, you know, I'm going to stay for like two and a half weeks somewhere. Right. Where do you want to position that? I like being there before the game start for the reasons I just talked about. People yes. are very chatty and yes. the access is great. You can that is the best. Wander week, around. The, best, but the week and a half before. I, we, we, Twins Daily, we used to wait until the game started and just right. went for one That's month. That's what I did my first, first year. Game. And we did that for like four or five years. Idiots. And then one year I went before that and I went, well, this is – everybody wants to talk now. Right. Like this is, they, well, and, and, and it's not that they don't want to talk once the games start. It's just that there's well, just a lot less time to do it. Right. Well, they have been talking for a week and a half. And uh, A, before games start, there's no fans there. Right, yes. So you well, can literally – I mean, there's a few there's stragglers. A, there's a lot of fans at, at the, uh, some of those days before opening day. And they, they have, day. Yeah, they have the one day that's yeah, like right, everybody that's comes. Right. In. That's right. But you can just walk around right. basically. Yes, right. Uh, you and I have done that several times. We walk around. John has 14 different beers. <laughs> I complain that 14 different places are too hot and sunny. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a little bit better. But I timed it. I thought, well, on March, I think, 7th, I thought Correa was going to be among them too. But the Twins, like 12 of the Twins' 25 best players 
are dispersing right. toward you know other camps. Although it is funny that the Dominican team, which is managed by Nelson Cruz, is tr- their training site is Hammond oh, right. Stadium right. facility. That's right. it's, yeah. it's complex. Right. Um, so I think, uh, although I don't know who's playing on the Dominican, I know Gary Sanchez, who's a free agent, is on the Dominican team. But I don't think uh, Duran is on the team. He must have opted out, hmm. or the Twins must have told him. Listen, <laughs> you're going to be throwing enough innings. Yeah. Do you need to? <clears throat> so yeah, they'll be uh, they'll be in Fort Myers too. But yeah, so I figured eh, if they're going to leave, I'll leave. And then Dan comes in. Yeah. Let him write about That's the right. WBC. Yeah. I don't really. Um, before we get to that, and yeah, I think that week it's basically going to be me and Phil hanging out. That's you guys' dream. That's the <laughs> yeah, dream, that's, right? It is, that is pretty fun. You guys are like, uh, I'm trying to think who you guys are like. Dumb and Dumber would have been the easy joke to make. <laughs> oh, we got little planes. Old and tra- older? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Maybe a little bit. I don't know who's the Steve Martin in that. And who's the John Candy necessarily. I'm trying to think of class. Oh, he's duels. the Steve Martin, not the John Candy. There's no question about yeah. that. You guys are Lem- Lemon and Mathow. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Who are the classic? Tom and Jerry. Jordan and Pippen. Who are the classic <laughs> duos that you guys could be? Thelma and Louise. Uh, put you on the spot here. Robert Redford and Newman. Yeah, that. You know what? I like that. Uh, John Redford and uh, Phil Newman. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Redford and Newman. You know what? That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You're always looking for a shootout, that's you guys. you always, uh, yeah, fighting off the authorities. Okay. But before we get into that, and we're going to talk about prospects a little bit, prospect list stuff, which we would have talked about several weeks ago when my actual list came out, <laughs> except then they started doing Korea stuff. Kind of stuff right, yeah. I was like, Twins that was, if you saw my little notes, which I, I don't put together heavy notes, but I have like an outline for each show, just some bullet points so that if I show up and my brain just goes blank, right. which it usually does, I can say, oh, here's what we're talking about. I had the top, top 40 prospects list as like the fifth item on like eight consecutive podcast <laughs> outlines and we just right. never got it's to a, it, which is good. It's now. like it's like the mailbag. Yeah, I get that's how we used to do the mailbag. <laughs> right. When we used to do the mailbag pre-Patreon on on this free show, we would promise it and then we would get to the end and we would be an hour and 42 minutes into the show and my notes would say mailbag and yeah. I go, "Do you want to do mailbag?" and you go, "We can do one question." Right. And then I would pick a question. And I'd be like, <laughs> "Why are you guys so stupid about the mailbag?" Okay. Um 7th Avenue Pizza oh. is our uh, first sponsor today, which uh, I saw you just made one. On yep. your, on your yeah. grill, on the grill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got we've got a pizza stone now uh, on our grill, so we put throw it on the grill. Boy, you I like even better on the high grill. life over here. <laughs> that's right. Pizza yeah, that's right. stone. We, we go big when we go, and uh, we went big for seven bucks because that's all they cost at uh, Lunds and Barnes yeah. that week. Now that's not in bit this week. This week you got to uh, go to Jerry's Foods or County Market. To the to because they just joined the Seventh Avenue Pizza family, uh, they're on sale right now at Jerry's and County Market locations for six ninety nine. You get it seven bucks because it's Seventh Avenue. You get that? Yeah, yeah. That's Even what I do. get that's that. Yeah, do. that's okay. good. They <laughs> do that. you. Uh, listen, they become sort of the local frozen pizza that people are rallying around. It yes. feels like to me, right? I saw, saw them uh, Care Eleven uh, had had a special delivery uh, yesterday for stuff. So you're Certainly saying we're not special. Pow- that the Power Trip Morning Show has them as their. Uh, <laughs> we're not special that they're on our not show. Yeah, we yeah. Had, they have. I have not seen him around here today, delivering yeah. me a pizza. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, Matt. What we if can, we can use a pizza like delivery? the Kool Aid guy <laughs> right <fine>. now? <laughs> Here it is. Just threw it at you. <laughs> threw you a cold pizza. Just the one frozen already. <laughs> still, the, the one you're going to want to try is the breakfast pizza. 
Yes, I think. I've had the breakfast pizza. Oh. I've had the breakfast pizza at yes. K-Fan. Here's the thing. Because the morning show is constantly making their pizzas at like 6.30 in the morning because <laughs> exactly that's like right. their lunch. Yeah, exactly right. And then I stroll in at like 9 and I'm like, I'll eat this. Here's the problem with that. Chrissy won't eat eggs. She doesn't eat eggs. Yeah. So I can't get the breakfast. We never buy the breakfast pizza. I never get I John, only get it at KFAN. Easy solution. Divorce. Yeah. And then just eat as many pizzas as you want and then get re back married. That's right. That's super easy, John. Uh, yeah. So locally sourced ingredients. You can find it, like you said, Lunds and Byerly's, Kowalski's, Coburn's, and uh, now Jerry's Foods in County Market. Bobby $6.99. Uh, if your store doesn't carry it, you should ask for it because they're adding new stores all the time. And also, like, it is truly a local company and they support. All kinds of local charities. Yes, right. Uh, they've been involved in the, just a whole bunch of school fundraisers and all that stuff. So Seventh Avenue Pizza. Uh, if you haven't tried it before, buy one, make it up. You can be like John and be doing it on a pizza stone right. yeah. on your high rise. Maybe on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's the. I got my neck fan. I got my Seventh <laughs> Avenue Pizza. Uh, I was mentioning, but you also have your Raycon wireless which earbuds, is, which is vital for spring training <laughs> for two reasons. One is now, while I said like you know the players don't mind chatting because they haven't seen us in months and months by day two i'm ready to tune out dan hayes <laughs> and john bonus for that matter and phil miller for that matter and even joe and betsy and on and on and it really helps to have uh, some noise cancelers are correct uh, in your ears and that's where raycon comes in i've been uh, i've been using them more and more i finally made the switch from wired headphones like a 90 year old man to uh, wireless, it, uh, isn't it awesome? Yes, but you also understand once you once you make that switch, how important the engineering on it is. Like well, the, the simple things, like a little tone that tells you it's connected and it connecting yeah. easily because you don't you don't you're not just taking it and plugging it back in. Stuff has to work. Yeah, the, it's because I'm an idiot. So <laughs> the Bluetooth connection aspect is super easy with Raycon. A, the, B the fit, just like how it feels in your ear, I actually like. Yep. Because if you're wearing them for a couple hours at a time, you don't want something that's like, you know, put pressure on your ear or whatever. And a big thing is battery life. Right, yeah. Which this has very nice, long battery life, recharges quickly, all that stuff. It is all the engineering at half the price. Yes. Right. Uh, It's called Raycon. R-A-Y-C-O-N. And if you're ready to buy something small and get a big impact, go to buy Raycon, B-U-Y, as in buy Raycon, be, like you're going to buy something, B-U-Y Raycon.com slash Gleeman today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's already off the uh, the price that is a, a winner. That's B-U-Y R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Gleeman. Score 15% off buy Raycon.com slash Gleeman. Okay. Um, what if I just showed up and everybody had listened to that and no one talked to me for a month? <laughs> You know what? It's okay. Uh, I don't mean know. like the twins. <laughs> I mean right. like uh, you mean the beat writers, the press right. box. You get the silent treatment. The vendors. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Security guards. <laughs> I could. I feel I could do it. I. I don't know. You're pretty chatty when you're actually around people. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't need um, replies. Do you know what I mean? No, that's been proven time and time again yeah, on this podcast. Right. <laughs> it's true. I just need the like gleam and filibuster. Yeah, right. It's, I'm, yeah, very true. So like, if it, it would take me, I'm it would take me minimally ninety six hours to realize no one was talking. To me. You know what I mean? Like as long as they didn't run from me. Like if they just maybe, sat maybe there, they nod their head or something. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that's, honestly, that's about. Dan will grunt in my general direction yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Uh, again with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so World Baseball Classic, which starts. Uh, Second week of 
march, but like everyone leaves to go. They do a little, yeah. little training. Right. Because I mean, these rosters, a lot of these got like first games on the tenth or something, something like that. Second uh, week, so tenth so yeah. or eleventh. Uh, so they have a handful of days where they sort of get together and train, and then right. you just start playing. It's pool play initially, and then and then they advance. They they announced the rosters last night on MLB Network, I think. So the team Puerto Rico. Even without Carlos Correa, <laughs> has Jose Miranda, the Twins' new catcher Christian Vasquez, Vasquez. Uh, Jorge Lopez, right. Giovanni Moran, and Emilio Pagan. There were at least one or two other guys who could have who were on the pl- preliminary uh, roster. I know, uh, like I said, uh, Johan Duran is not pitching for the Dominican Republic, huh. not because he's injured, just because. Who knows? I'm sure the yeah, Twins weren't heartbroken. Because here's the thing: that teams are not. I'm not talking specifically about the Twins, but I think just it's it creates a natural. The incentives are different, right? Sure. So if you're a team and you have a young player, especially a pitcher, pitching is going to be the tricky part for a lot of these teams. Right. It's like the Arizona Fall League. We talk about how every year everyone put hits 400 in the in the Arizona Fall League, and people go nuts. And it's like, well, two things: one, you're in Arizona. The environment itself uh, boosts offense because of the right. air and everything. But beyond that, teams are very hesitant after the full minor league season to send their best pitching, their best young pitching prospects to a place where they're going to throw another 40 innings or whatever. Right. And so a lot of times you get really good hitting prospects in the Arizona Fall League, but it's like pitchers that teams don't really care about that much. And I don't think the WBC is quite that stratified, but it's like all the hitters go. Yeah, that want to go. Some of these lineups, like you look at Team USA or the Dominican lineup. I mean, they're they're all star lineups right. basically. Um, although although they're going only after like three four weeks. Uh, the, the, yes. the cliche is pitchers are or hitters are ahead of pitchers early in spring right. training. This is about midway through spring but training, so you'd expect that's hitters the tricky to be ahead part. Of pitchers, I think, especially for pitchers, like starting pitchers, is you start you're going to get like two or three weeks where you're ramping up normally. You're going to appear mm-hmm. in like one or two spring games. You're going to start to go from. Day one, throwing 15 pitches on the side to then the second week, you're throwing 30 pitches, 50 pitches. And then all of a sudden you're leaving and teams hate to not have hands and eyes on pitchers, right. especially, particularly because there's no guarantee how often you're going to pitch for the WBC teams. Now there's limits in place for like pitch count sure. stuff, but there's no guarantee when a guy's going to start. Does he, what if you, you don't pitch? What if you just sit there for right. 10 days? I mean, we saw Simeon Woods Richardson was on Team USA for the past Olympics with Joe Ryan. Uh, they didn't. The Twins didn't have it. Well, they acquired Joe right. Ryan yeah, during right. the Olympics, right. and Joe Ryan pitched like every fifth day, and Simeon Woods Richardson didn't pitch at all. Right, and so he just sat there. He he went. <laughs> he left his what was at the time uh, in the Blue Jays system, but right. he left the Double A team, team. Yeah. mid season. Spent like several weeks training stateside with Team USA. Then they all flew to Japan, and then he just sort of sat around for a month, right. and then he came back, and it's like. Well, now pick up where you left off. You haven't pitched basically competitively for so it's not quite at that level. But I think especially with pitchers, the the incentives just different. Like it, it's a, a a team, a major league baseball team, by definition, cares about themselves. They, they care about <laughs> their product, their success, their roster, and within that, protecting their players, or at least if not protecting, maybe that's overly uh, whatever flowerly wording, but it's more. Having a plan in place and be able to kind of restrict, uh, or and the, you, the, the you league lose sight of that when they go to the WBC, you're just putting them in somebody else's hands. You, you know, sometimes you might not be able to guarantee when they pitch or how often they pitch or what role they pitch or whatever. The league as a whole 
uh, really wants the WBC to take yes. off and to become popular and, and the players showcase, love it too, right? For the and, most and the, part, yeah, and the players are excited about it too. But <laughs> the ideal situation for any of these teams would be like, yeah, I want it to be a huge success with none of my players on it, right? <laughs> right. right, right. I want it to be. I want. Uh, I want all the Cleveland's team to be yeah. to be on there because I mean, what what a team really wants, even in a non WBC year, which there hasn't been one for a while, right. obviously, right. is no interruptions to camp whatsoever for any reason. Right. They want to show up on. Uh, you know, February twelfth. They want to leave on March thirtieth, right. and they want nothing to have happened. No injuries, well, and, I mean, and, and no for, people and, leaving. And we forget, but we will remember in about two weeks. Stuff's going to happen. Like right. there's going to be. I, the thing that surprised me about Duran is that he's a reliever, and they're being this careful about it. Now, it doesn't surprise me that much because let's not forget. Yeah, he was really healthy last year. That was the first year he's been really right. healthy in a long he time. He missed almost right. the entire 2021 season, which is why he ended up in the bullpen in the first place. Correct. Because he was a starter at That's AAA. Right. I think he made That's five right. starts and then but got hurt. we are going to hear uh, week three, three and a half, somebody, hey, why is it so-and-so getting as many pitches? Oh, well, we're cutting him back. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody is not – Week three, right. by the way, I will almost guarantee – uh, let's see. The full squad workout is the is the twentieth. That's right. The twenty first. Someone will be not on the field because they <laughs> strained a hamstring, and it'll be with right, every team. Yeah, right. uh, honestly, or but they're late for camp, and we're not sure well, why. Right, there's a visa issue like or something like that. Yeah, so that's that's always at play. But so within that, you know, why did Correa opt out? Why isn't uh, Duran in there? Obviously, Duran would be one right. of the best relievers in any country in any competition right. ever. Um, I think it's it's not that the twins are saying you can't do that because you know they, they don't want to. That's a little too far. Right. Swinging the pendulum goes a little right. too far in that direction. But it's like if all things are equal, you know, especially if somebody's had some injury history or somebody had a higher workload than expected last year or whatever. I don't think I'm not saying the twins are pushing for it or other teams push for players to miss it. But I think if a player comes up to their team and goes. I'm kind of ambivalent about doing this. I kind of like a normal spring. The, the the team side will be like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea to us if that's the approach yeah, you want to take. Right. So I think you see that's what what's happening a little bit. Uh, I mean, it it does naturally raise questions like, is everything? Do, are we sure everything's okay with Durant? <laughs> you know, that's uh, the sort of thing that yeah. you know. But I would for those people who are worried about something like that or think about that, uh, they haven't signed a, another reliever. You know what I mean? Like if if, well, if, they, if they thought like, there was a concern like about Durant, we we would probably see uh, more in the bullpen by now. Something Have like they last offseason the only reliever they signed was Joe Smith, right? So we're on two years in where they've spent three million dollars on a on relief pitching. Is that possible? I know they traded Taylor Rogers for Pagan. Well, I mean right that, may, that might happen after you uh, sink what six million dollars into. Um, Ugh. Addison Reed is the no, no, not that. I was thinking the guy the year before that, the guy who tanked all oh, of April. Colome, Colome, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. After after that experience, yeah, maybe you're. But a I like that shy. we act like six million dollars is a lot. <laughs> well, it's not the six million dollars that hurt. Well, right, but that's like <laughs> right. It's the yeah. Then it's you might be gun shy because you did a, a bad hit, job yeah, choosing right. a player, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Team Puerto Rico. If you're a Twins fan. There's your team you're rooting for, other than the United States, probably, if you're from America. Um, Ed Julian, Edward Julian, mm-hmm. is on uh, Team Canada, okay. which is a very interesting Stars and Scrubs team. Yeah, I bet it is. Because they have Freddie Freeman, who I think is from California, but he must be half Canadian okay. or something. So he's on the team. Joey Votto is Team Canada for the last 50 years. Huh. And they have a, like a handful of other good major leaguers. And then they got dudes who you look at and they're like, well, this guy played single A three years ago. So <laughs> right, he's yeah. their starting second baseman right. or whatever. So yeah, Ed, Ed Julian, I'm assuming 
That'd be kind of. I mean, I'm. I'm we th- talked about him a lot on the. Was it the Patreon? I, I, of, of the. I'm, I think I'm going to make a list of somebody of the things I'm most excited to see in spring training. Number and, one, uh, Aaron Gleeman. Number two, Phil Miller. Number I, three. I, it was actually going to be your neck fans, the dual neck fans. Yeah. Are you wearing both at the same time? Because that's what I, I could. Really I wonder if see. that has a multiple effect or right. do they cancel or, each other out. Right. <laughs> what if I just lined. <clears throat> I like. Made like a Michelin Man suit where it's your whole you step into it and it's just ten neck fans. Maybe all. instead of wrapping them both around your neck, you kind of wrap one around one shoulder, one around the other. You just kind of create like a wind tunnel yeah. right through your head. Uh-huh. Maybe I do it's just go one through Maybe, one ear and right through the other. What if I just stayed in the hotel room the whole time where there's the air conditioner? That would be good. And you guys just FaceTime me in for press conferences sure. and stuff? Yeah. I'm, willing, I'm yeah, such, not unwilling to do that. I'm sure, I'm just sure Dan Hayes would sign up for that. Well, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> He'll FaceTime. More room in the press box. He can it, spread out more. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Ed, Edward Julian is on Team Canada. Uh, Pablo Lopez, the player they just yeah, acquired right. from the Marlins, is on Team Venezuela with... Luis Arise, which is well, very funny. Fun. Um, they they didn't. Uh, one's twenty six, one's twenty seven. They're from Venezuela. They played in the same league. Yeah, he said they, they, they didn't they really didn't know each other. They didn't really know each we other. We tried to. Right. I they think played in the same league in like high A or low A yeah. one year, something like that. So. It is. It's funny because you, you don't really think about that, but Buxton and Correa, that was where their bond kind of started. Like they went to some pre draft workout stuff in twenty whatever it was, twenty twelve, right. twenty thirteen, whatever it was. Um. Where they met each other when they were seventeen, but then like when Correa signed the first time last spring, and was immediately like, "Oh, I'm, I love Buxton! Like it's going to be great." And people were like, "Oh, how do you know Buxton?" He's like the Midwest League. When right. when and, one of them was right. at Beloit and one of them was at I don't even know right some Iowa Wisconsin something. Yeah. These guys are are making a nickel a, a month. <laughs> they're they're playing. They're staying in some host family's guest room right, or yeah. whatever, and they're playing against each other. 15 times a year and that's when you start to when you're a you know 19 year old superstar prospect right. and the, and you every couple of weeks you look across and there's Byron Buxton and you're like oh this guy's kind of well, on not my to mention level. you've got you know you've had that Tuesday afternoon game and then Tuesday night you run into like they're oh. they're, they're in a huge in downtown Beloit <laughs> they're in a ton of re- great restaurants yeah. in downtown Beloit don't know if you've been there but there's you know a couple that I, you may have a couple there. that are frequently visited I have been there. <laughs> so one of my you, friends, you might run into each other a little bit one of my friends in uh, like growing up went to Beloit I don't know if it's college university and he played basketball there <laughs> and I remember thinking like I've been to Beloit. I've been to that ballpark. We had a great that, that yeah. ballpark actually. That ballpark is the place where we did a road trip with a bunch of friends to go to a, a, a Cubs game. And uh, we on the way there we stopped and saw a game in Beloit, an afternoon ball game. And it was they had this big patio. They had this big deck out in right field that you could uh, rent basically for people, and they would cater it for you. And so in typical Wisconsin form it was twelve dollars twelve dollars a person for all you can eat and it was hamburgers hot dogs potato salad etc yeah. and it, uh it was thirteen dollars for all you can eat and all you can drink <laughs> that's where they ma- that's where they make their money <laughs> 13 bucks an extra buck a they person get that extra dollar unless they, you, they, unless they you the drink taps flowing for an extra right. buck a person unless you drink 15 miller lights they've made a profit and you have that. met my friends how did yeah. we make out on that deal <laughs> No, they had to close the whole league. You said right after that. This is why Beloit has financial problems. That's when that's I. All I'm saying. That's when I walked. When, one time, John and I went to the Supermoon Buffet in uh, West End, and we walked in and we said, "This is their last day in business." Because you know, oh my, that was a Simpsons. Them episode. dumplings. Homer went to the buffet, and they were like, "No, you can't stay here anymore." Um, 
so yeah, that's the uh, the WBC. I think there's a couple other stray like minor leaguers and stuff playing for for some of these teams. But I'm it's it's been two cycles, I guess, since the last WBC. I think. Okay. They skipped at least one, and then right, right, right. it didn't stay yeah. on the same schedule. I don't think. But like, I've never been. Is at, it every other year? Is that what it's supposed to be? I. Th- no, was it every? Well, did it become every four years? I don't know what oh, they yeah. said. Okay. Um, but I've never been at spring training for the during the WBC, right. and so I, I've just watched from home, which I, I love watching it. Like I love anything. I get, we probably talked about this like at the time of the World Cup or the Olympics or whatever. Like there are tons of sports, or even like just competitions, like a spelling bee or something like that. Like I, I couldn't care less about soccer. During <laughs> right, the year, right. like I've tried to get into it because some of my friends are into soccer, and I, I try to watch Premier League or something. I don't care, but World Cup, I'm sure I'm into anything that's the best in the world. Okay, and especially if you can convince me that everyone involved cares. has <laughs> cares and is viewing it as the competition right. to decide who's the best right. in the world. You know what I mean? Like, and so you know, once in a while you get a tournament or whatever, and it's like, man, nobody cares about that. But the the World Baseball Classic, for better or worse is really the only version of this for baseball on a worldwide level. Now, there's like the Caribbean series, which just ended, yeah, right, right. which, yep. believe me, people are hyped up about that. <laughs> right. But like, there's no Team USA. There's no, I don't know, Team Canada. There's no Team whatever for that. And so I get, I'm very into it. Like, I, I love the idea. And you look at the rosters, like we've talked about, Puerto Rico. Is this the best possible team Puerto Rico could put on the field? No. No, they could have Korean Durant. Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, Durant's I'm Dominican. Right, I'm sorry. Is this Dominican the, you look Durant, at Team yes. USA, and there's a lot of just kind of random decent players on where, you know, there's Mike Trout, but there's also just like these random relief pitchers because pitchers are going to be hard to right. – it's going to be hard to convince like, you know, Jacob DeGrom to go pitch in the WBC, <laughs> Max Scherzer to right. go pitch in the – although Clayton Kershaw is on Team USA, oh, which that would have been an interesting conversation with the Dodgers. Right. Like – you haven't had a healthy season, a full healthy season, <laughs> since like 1982. But I suppose he's just at the point where he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm, I'm signing one-year deals right. with you. A thousand years old. I, you, know, they, you know what the point of that is? I get to do what I want. Right. <laughs> it would be funny if he just was like, right, I'll yeah. hold off. Because like, okay, so I mentioned Gary Sanchez, who's unsigned, was the Twins. I think he might have started the most games at catcher for the Twins last year. I think he, he must have because Jeffers was hurt for most of yeah. the second half. Yeah. Uh, but so he'll be on the Dominican team, which is a weird spot because, like, from an insurance standpoint or whatever, like, he's just kind of on his own, I guess. Like, does the Players Association rep his? Yeah, I don't know. Like, if he'd suffer some debilitating injury, is he just kind of? Well, it also serves as almost a showcase then, too. Right. You know, that's the that's – the, he gets a couple of you big think, hits. Everybody's like, hey, look at Sanchez. Yeah, look at Gary Sanchez. <laughs> we don't know anything about Gary. Who's this young stud Gary Sanchez? That's why he should change his name to like Greg Sanchez <laughs> and just be like, I'm 19. <laughs> Might be tough to pull off. Might be a little tricky. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Greg Sanchez. He, have- he was certainly relatively unknown when he was Gary Sanchez. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this young upstart podcaster says his name is Lowell Bonus. <laughs> Says he's twenty. Looks like he's eighty, but we'll split the difference. Whatever. Uh, should we talk a little bit about prospects, or should we do news and notes here? We should do our uh, last sponsor, uh, Hello Fresh. That wasn't an option. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello Fresh. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's one of the one of uh, my go tos uh, on a semi regular basis. We'll get uh, stuff from uh, Hello Fresh. Uh, it saves Chrissy the problem the uh, the problems with uh, 
buying and planning and figuring out meals, and it saves me the it gets me to try new recipes because we've got some of us kind of a stable of recipes that we do. And we especially like doing it when our kids are home because my son needs to learn how to cook or he's going to be eating at McDonald's the rest of his it's life. It's going to be like That's me. Crazy. But <laughs> even me, who has no cooking ability whatsoever and I've uh, chosen a uh, domestic partner with no cooking ability whatsoever, we can even come up with dishes that look and taste good uh, using HelloFresh because how it works is – you pick the menu. Right. They have yeah. – They've they got like fit, fit and wholesome or veggie or family-friendly or whatever. Yeah. You, so you go no, on there. No matter what the picky eaters a, are in There's your a life. new menu right. every week with tons of options. You pick and choose. It's fun to I have I want the kids this, pick. but not this. Yeah. I want this. Right. They send you all the ingredients pre-portioned exactly how you need. Um, fresh ingredients mailed right to you. They send you step-by-step recipe that's not only just a basic recipe, but it's like literally step one, do this with <laughs> Here's pictures. the picture. Yeah, yeah which right, helps me because exactly I don't right. know what yeah. ginger looks like. Not to mention everything's pre-measured for yeah. you. You know, they, it's and perfect. It's just like instead of having to make like a sauce, there's a little packet of the sauce. Right. <laughs> you know, it's and you can get everything from HelloFresh. Give it a try by going to HelloFresh.com slash Gleeman65, like the number 6565, uh, and then use the code gleeman 65 and the reason it's 65 is you get 65 percent off plus free shipping that's crazy to give it a try so that's hellofresh.com slash gleeman 65 use the code gleeman 65 you get 65 percent off america's number one meal kit yes okay um let's see talk a little bit what were the choices you were giving me (laughs) or have i passed you screwed it up (laughs) you don't get to do that it's like uh we have a we have a big probably the the biggest sh- source of strife in my relationship with uh the Duchess of Marshfield <laughs> is uh, choosing what to have for dinner <laughs> when we're not doing HelloFresh. <laughs> That's right, yeah, right. Uh and here's what she's taken to doing is she mine is based on I basically eat the same like three things. Okay. I like Yangtze, I like Szechuan spice, I like dancing Ganesha. <laughs> Oh, you like dancing in Asia? Yeah. What's your favorite there? I get the uh, chicken korma, or I get the chicken makani, which is butter chicken or whatever. Okay, all right. Uh, but you don't go with one of the curries, or is that korma one of the curries? I mean, they're all sort of. But okay. I basically like rice with chicken and a sauce over it. <laughs> right, that's true. There's a lot of different countries that when, make when, that. When you, when you were losing weight, that's what yeah. you ate almost every, every time. Now right? I'm gaining weight, it's also what I eat. <laughs> So really, when she says, "What do you want to have for dinner?" the answer is rice with chicken, right? And some sauce. Same, mine is the same because, like, I right. would, if left to my own devices, and I have done this, I would eat Yangtze two weeks in a row every day. Right. Right. I mean, I've no; it has no effect on me that right. I ate it the day before. So my thing with her is, don't ask me that. Right. You know. So here's how I respond, which is, if you feel strongly about something tonight, we can get it. If you don't. I'm going to get that. Right. We can get that. Right. So she, of late, though, she, hers is often based. I mean, she's got her go-tos also. This is not a head, by the way. This is just <laughs> in my head. Uh, hers is based on, like, cravings. So, oh, like, right. yes. at noon. On what a, am I feeling like today? Right. 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 At yes. noon, she'll, like, walk past me uh, between, you know, Zoom meetings or whatever, and she'll go, like, I'm craving pizza. And I right. know in my head, okay, probably going to have, like, luce tonight or whatever, okay. which is fine. But more and more, her craving is literally the last food item she saw on television <laughs> or on her phone. 
<laughs> so like we'll be watching yeah. something yeah. and I'll, I'll see. That's why they run those fast food yeah. commercials for you at 9.30 at night or 10.30 at night. It's yeah. not, it'll be like an Arby's commercial. Right. And in the back of my head, I go, oh, no, we're about to get Arby's now. <laughs> sure enough, like 15, 20 minutes later, she goes, you know what we haven't had for a while? Arby's. And I'll be like, oh, because we just saw a commercial for that 11 minutes ago. But here's she, her attention span is such that That's funny. she will often say, I'm craving uh, chicken tenders tonight, or I'm craving uh, pasta tonight, or whatever. And I'll go, okay, yeah, let's look for a pasta spot. And then we'll, f- you know, sign and figure out a pasta spot, whatever, get it, pick up, delivery, whatever. Right. And then I'll be like, okay, what do you want? I'm, I'm about to order. And then she'll tell me, like, I want a salad and uh, chicken wings. <laughs> and I'll be like, what happened to the pasta? Isn't that the reason that we chose this <laughs> in the first place? And that's the, the attention span. <laughs> so, I don't know why I started talking about this, other than HelloFresh. Why did I start talking about <laughs> I don't know. Something about... Uh... Boy, this show is... <laughs> this show used to be therapy, but there's supposed to be touch points in therapy yeah. where you're, you're making some sort of point. <laughs> this was just passively, what's aggressively... The next, what's the next topic you have out there? We'll, we'll, we'll unpack it from that. I swear I had something to do with HelloFresh, but... Um, top prospects. But let's actually... Let's... A uh, couple things. Twins re-signed... Uh, Aaron Sanchez to a minor league deal. Oh, yeah, who he pitched like 30 yeah. innings, 28 innings Sorry. for them last year, which I wrote today about their rotation depth. And in, I mean, we've talked a lot about it this offseason, obviously, but they have six starters for five spots. They also, beyond those six, they have Josh Winder, Louis right. Varlin, Simeon Woods Richardson, all kind of waiting in the wings. I don't, I don't think if I was Aaron Sanchez, I would want to sign here unless I didn't have a lot of other options. Yeah, that's true. Although I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of times what happens with minor league signings, and the Twins were pretty good about this under Terry Ryan, when you can have a proof of concept that you were called up, and the Twins would were good about this in the past, which is it's one approach to like if you're Aaron Sanchez and you're thirty something and right. you're past your prime, but you're kind of trying to hang on. Yeah, in that you just want as many opportunities right. as you can get. Right. The two ways you can do it is you can just look at uh, you know let's say six teams made you the same minor league offer or whatever. Right. You can look at the depth chart and say, well, who's most likely to need me? Uh, which like last year the right. Twins yeah. just called them up because they needed a starter. Sure. And you go, okay, that presents the best opportunity. Or you know, the Twins probably don't present that opportunity, although that assumes Sanchez and his agent are of the same opinion of their right. depth that I am. But the other thing is, well, he, he A, played with the Twins last year. He right. played at St. Paul last year right. for a couple yeah. of months. And he knows he was called up. Like, right. they they chose him over internal options, yeah. other veterans or whatever. And I remember Terry Ryan talking about how the the two ways that you can kind of get ahead of the pack for minor league signings, which I realize that's not the most important thing in the world, but it does become important sure. on, a, on a bigger picture, is you can offer slightly more money. Right. I mean, you can say, we'll give you $78,000 at AAA instead of $74,000 at AAA or whatever. Or you can point to your history and say, if you and your agent want to go look through our minor league signings, yeah, right. we've averaged six guys per year who we've right. called up. Uh, I'd take a look at Aaron Sanchez. I'm not sure he makes the St. Paul rotation. Yeah, that's you know I mean? like, have a it, bit of a, so, um, because, I mean, if, if, I mean, yeah. the hugest of ifs, if everybody stays healthy, yeah, you've got Ober down there, you've got Winder, you've got Varley, you've got Smith with Rich, Woods Richardson, you've got Belazovic. Oh, I still haven't said Sanchez's name, and right. I'm already up five. Well, that's, uh, right. uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Brent Hedrick. There's a couple other guys. Right. Cole, Cole Sands. Sands. Your guy, Cole Sands. Right. John's yeah. a big Cole Sands guy. <laughs> 
I don't know why, for like three weeks, every time we would talk <laughs> pitching, you'd be like, and Cole Sands. Don't, don't forget, forget Cole, Cole Sands. Sands. <laughs> yeah, didn't you tweet out? That's why this joke started in the first joke. is maybe a bit much, but that's why this bit started, which is you were tweeting like, man, it could be a star-studded rotation at AAA. And uh, I said all prospects. Yeah, real yeah, prospects. Cole Sands. Cole Sands. Yeah. I think he could still, still be a reliever. I'm not, I'm not not looking him to be a number two starter. Yeah, I just feel like he could be a, That's a good, solid player. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Aaron Sanchez. So he'd be like their twelfth starter, probably something like that. I mean, nine we named. You know, if you count like Chris Paddock coming back right. in the second half, maybe he's like number ten. You got <laughs> Balzavic, who you mentioned, right? You got like David Festa. You have some guys who are like probably likely to start the year at Double A and could move pretty quickly. But it, it's. There's a difference, I think, and we've seen it the last couple of years especially, when they just need a random guy to start a random right. game and then they can figure out the roster after that, and that's less likely to be. Yeah, it could be. It's less know, likely to be Simeon Woods Richardson or Louis Vila, like right. a, a real prospect. Although it's even less likely than those two, it's less likely to be someone who's not even on the 40-man roster yet. Right. Because... Once you get added to the you have to be added to the forty man roster in order to be on the twenty six man roster. And so, if there's some double A prospect or whatever, and it's their day to pitch, and the Twins need a spot starter on Friday, and they were lined up to start at double A on Friday, you would think, well, why don't they just give this guy a shot? He gets his feet wet in the majors. You know, there's no big long term plan. He pitches four or five innings. He goes back to double A. He made a a day of meal money and a day of salary, and he's got a story to tell. That would be great. The problem there is if he's not on the 40 man (laughs) roster, to get him to make that start, you have to be added to the 40 man roster, which A, you have to make room for him, which means somebody's being cut. And then you don't and, get and, to remove and, him and, from the 40 And recently, man. with the Twins, that's been a right. somewhat difficult decision. That's why Kyle, Kyle Garlic is not on the 40-man right. roster. Right. And also, you can't once a guy gets added, you can't remove them without exposing them to waivers. And so the way to do it with someone like Sanchez, who isn't on the 40-man roster, he's just signed a minor league deal, is you're not that worried about losing him. I mean, that right, sounds right. mean, yeah. but it's true. Right. So if you add him for one day to the 40-man roster, now you still have to make room for him, but that's true of anybody. Sure. He makes his start. He pitches four innings, whatever. You say, okay, thank you. Uh, we're going to now DFA, designate you for assignment to get you off the 40-man roster. That means you're going to go on waivers. We would love it if you pass through waivers unclaimed, and then we'll just send you right back to AAA, and we'll wait till the next time right, this yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. And that happens a lot. That happened yeah, to Jarrell right. Cotton right. 15 times last year. I think it happened to Sanchez himself twice right, last year. Probably, yeah. And you know what? If a team claims you – Good for them. Like, right. You know, that means they the, want you. We're down some depth, right. but, you know, it's not the end of the world. Right. And so I think that's the opportunity that exists, especially in the first half, for for guys like that. Although, yeah, to your point, they're hoping to not need a fill-in starter, although you never know. I mean, you can have good rotation depth and have eight or nine deep, yeah. and because of scheduling yeah. or because of rainouts or because of minor injuries or whatever, there's still going to be some random Wednesday afternoon game where you're like, "Who who's starting this game? We need somebody to start this game. I think game. it was two years ago when we took a look and we were like, yeah, this, this rotation is nine people deep, and we took a look and it was by June. It was seven of them were hurt. One and a half right, guys. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, the initial um, Fangraphs Zips team projections came out, like the pre-spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like the good news or the bad news about the Twins first? <laughs> well, let's start with the bad news. The bad Always news. the bad news. Okay. The bad news that the, t- is the Twins are predicted, projected to have a losing record, 80 and 82. Okay. 
Now, the good news is that's two games out of first place in the AL Central for a prediction. Fangraphs <laughs> uh, <the laughs> had, uh, unless they updated it since then, but as of yesterday or whatever, when I looked, they had Cleveland winning the division at 82 and 80, which would be hilarious. Would I would be. almost encourage them to lose the final game if that were the case. <laughs> Just do 81 at 81. Um, Cleveland at 82 and 80. Well, you know, they probably will. Is what will happen. Like they, they clinch it the day before because they've got the two game lead. Yeah, oh yeah. Then they go <laughs> right. party. And, then they go party in that night because they ain't going to be partying again in the playoffs. Probably. What is the party for an eighty one win team? It's <laughs> not they champagne. The, they got the hangover game at three o'clock. Uh, yeah. At three o'clock in the afternoon when everybody else is playing. Uh, so they're at eighty two. The Twins are at eighty and eighty two. Eighty wins. So two games behind them. Right. And then what the the, I mean those are low. Although as we talked about, the schedule change the. It's not fully balanced, but the less unbalanced schedule is going to hurt the win totals for the worst divisions. Although, right. I've been reading a couple articles. Um, Mike Petriello from MLB.com had a good article about this, I think, or somebody from MLB.com. It's it's not... It's almost always overstated. Right. It's a little bit like the, the strength shift of conversation, The strength of schedule is almost always overstated. Right. It's, like, it's going to hurt... See, because it's weird, too, because it's like, well, it hurts the win total. Except if you're just assuming the Twins' most likely path or really only path at this point to playoff spots or a playoff spot is going to be winning the division, well, it doesn't matter then if you do it with 80 wins or 90 wins, right? Like, So if you're looking at the Twins and you go, well, with an unbalanced schedule, maybe they're projected for 82 wins right now. But with the more balanced schedule, which means fewer games against the dregs of the AL Central, more games against... The other divisions in the National League, that's a little tougher on the Twins. Maybe they lose one or two more games. That gets them to 80. Right. Well, that looks ugly. Like, right. that looks bad. And now they're ninth in the American League instead of seventh in the American League or anything. But if the rest of the Central is in the same boat, and you see Cleveland is in the same boat because they're projected to win 82 games, which is not right. good. Right. Then it, you're all racing towards the same which, one finish which, which, line. And it also means that even though you're not playing, you know, 19 games against each other. Right. Those head-to-head matchups mean a well, lot, sure. <laughs> especially I mean, in that that's thing, the right? Thing. It's like there's still so many. There's still 13 <laughs> matchups, I think. 12? 13. 12 or 13. Um, but, yeah, it's it's the only thing that unba- or the balancing of the schedule really does is make it less likely that teams from traditionally poor divisions, which is the central teams, will win wildcard spots or claim wildcard spots because now it's more of an even playing field. Right, and if an even playing field would favor better teams from right. better divisions and all that, um, but yeah, the the math on the the strength of schedule thing is fairly simple. Like a ninety six win team, ninety seven win team is winning sixty percent of their games. Right, right. That, that's a really good team. Right, a really a bad team like a sixty five win team is winning forty percent right. of their games. Right, so it's that. So that so you, really the difference between playing a really good team and we're really the, one of the best teams in the league and one of the worst teams in the league is about twenty percent. For an individual so you, game. Yeah, for an yeah. individual team. So you have to play, if you played five extra games versus a really good, a really bad team versus a really good team. Right. If you played the Pirates five times <laughs> instead of playing the Astros five, five times. Five times, right? You, you would expect one more win. Now, that right. doesn't, that doesn't jived with my personal feelings about it. Like right. when I watch it, I'm like, no, man, we got, well, I will take the five with the Pirates and well, I will take my chances when course. I get more than one, but the, that's one the win. Thing but that is about baseball that makes right. it so fun and infuriating, right. infuriating at times. I shouldn't say that word. I can't say it. Um, <laughs> but like, there's this weird sense that like, you know, you get to the end of the season and you go like, well, how did the Pirates win 60 games? 
they beat somebody <laughs> 60 <laughs> times. Right, right. It's like, this is the worst <laughs> team anybody's ever seen. They're spending $11 on the roster, whatever. It's like, or you look at the Astros and you're like, man, this Astros team is just a powerhouse, have been for 10 years. And they go, you go, uh, how did yeah, well, they, they won 95 <laughs> games and uh, they lost uh, 67 games. Right. That's not that big of a, right. it's not yeah. like football right. team yeah. goes, you know, what the Vikings go 13 and four. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Even yeah. in the NBA, you win 60 something games, you only lose 20 or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all dragged towards the, the mean right. um, in baseball. And so it has less of an effect than, yeah, you probably think. I mean, I think it's, some people have probably looked at it and said, like, oh, well, you know, you're losing a dozen games against the Royals and the Tigers. Yeah. I mean, that's going to cost them three or four more wins. But no, because realistically, in those dozen games, you were probably going right. to go like six and six or seven and five, whatever, right. maybe eight and four. So now. That's being replaced by more of a 500-ish conglomerate of right. National League teams. Even, really. in the, even in the worst, uh, most unbalanced last year type situation, right. it was probably worth at most two wins. Right. Two wins versus two losses, which may be a four-game swing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like uh, and meanwhile, you're talking now it should be even less than that. So, Well, and that assumes that what has been the case in terms of strength of division will continue to be the case, right. no, that's true which too. I do think that's probably true. I mean, we've been <laughs> right. waiting for yeah. the AL Central to be not horrible for right. uh, what? Since and there's, there's no there's no uh, not a lot of evidence that the Royals and uh, no. and uh, Tigers are going to take that no. big jump up. We've but, been waiting. for. But so, yeah, you look, I think it's. It's going to be disappointing for people to see the Twins at 80. Uh, but keep in mind, it's also disappointing for Cleveland fans to see the Guardians <laughs> at 82. Right. If you're already of the of the mind that the division is going to be the very much the most likely path for to win the to to get into the playoffs, then yeah, it's right. it's the same race. It's just being run slower, right. basically. That's right. Which, yep. uh, That's right. The, but the surprise of the early projections is third place, Chicago White Sox. 74 win projection. Really? Yeah, which is uh, barely above uh, Kansas City and, and Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I was reading uh, Dan Zimborski, who runs Zips, did like a little capsule for each division uh-huh. where he explained the initial results. And he was like, basically, Zips, which is his projection system, hates like numbers 8 through 20, or 8 through 40 on the White Sox roster. Like they uh, still have right. they've star, still got power, seven star power, although less so have... than they did before because right. they lost Jose Abreu and stuff. They're the new guardians of the AL Central. Yeah, <laughs> although I mean we've seen that from the White Sox the past three or four years, which is right. we saw it in 2020 when and they had what star we've power. Seen is their top seven end up getting hurt as well. Right. So. Well, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the state of the uh, the AL Central. The other, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to NBA, but I'm obsessed with the NBA. Okay. Yeah. The big trade. trade. Yep, yeah, yeah. There's, I think they. 17 trades yesterday or something like that. Okay. But I was thinking like from a writer, podcaster, whatever standpoint, I feel like the NBA would drive me nuts because I, I did like one tweet about the D'Angelo Russell trade. And I didn't even offer a, really an opinion on it. Right. I just was saying from a salary cap standpoint how it made sense because he was an impending free agent. Right. And if they were to let him leave, that salary cap space just – Vanishes, right? Because they're already, already over, over the cap, right? Even with even losing that salary, they're over the cap, right. right? And so, if they didn't want to sign him to a big long term deal, which was clearly the case, they didn't want to do that. Then swapping him an impending free agent for someone with a similarly large salary that is under contract for two years, for any additional years right. beyond this right. one, kind of kicks the can down the road, keeps that salary ability to go well over the salary cap and all that. And what I learned is nobody 
you know, relatively speaking, understands that or cares about that. And I feel like that would drive me nuts trying to write and analyze and talk about the NBA, which is the the salary cap. Is that cap, because you've got so many f- baseball people following you and not maybe, a lot of many basketball I'm sure, people but, following but you? But like, uh, for instance, Dane Moore, I'm, who I think does a really good podcast mm-hmm. um, with Britt Robson yes. a lot of the time and others too, about the Wolves, who I would think – I would say is kind of the closest thing to the way I would probably try to do a, a Wolves podcast, which is real detail-oriented and sure. all that stuff. He talks about it constantly, and I even look at his replies or look what he's writing, and he's constantly just trying to give explainers for this because right. inevitably people go, why would you trade D'Angelo Russell, who's 27, from Mike Conley, who's 34 or whatever? Right. And it's like, well, yeah, the, the merits of it from a talent or, or fit standpoint is one thing. But it's not – it was D'Angelo Russell or nothing yeah, right. uh, or if, Mike Conley if, if or nothing. If you've got an owner that's willing to pay over the salary right. cap you and pay the luxury tax. You can't go tasks, under the salary cap because right. then it's swallowed up basically. Right. And so I was just thinking about how – you know, we talk about salaries and payrolls and stuff like that uh, with the Twins a lot. Right. But this is on a whole new level. And what en- it ends up happening also is it's funny how imprecise the values of trades get when there are there are only – a very limited number of possible assets that can be exchanged. So what I mean right. by that is yesterday there were two trades in the in the NBA where like a you know pretty good starting caliber player but not a star got traded for five or I think in one case six second round draft picks. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I mean those have some marginal value or right, whatever. Right. But in baseball, there's every team, no matter you could be the worst team in the world with the worst farm system in the world and you could make most trades not for superstar players but you could go make a trade for a good player because there's such a wide variety of assets that can be moved prospect capital that we talk about or major leagues so you can like if if a team calls up the twins and they say we want max kepler there are 50 different combinations of players right. and prospects and salary considerations and all this stuff, players to be named like, sense. that you right. can right. inch towards a, a common value goal to, to get like it's, it's like it's like curling. You can get a perfect shot. You can just <laughs> keep getting closer and closer and closer to the center right. until you hit it. In basketball, all you can trade – you got 15 players on the roster. Right. It's, yeah, that's true. And you got some first-round picks and, and, and some, some second-round picks. picks. Yeah, that's it. And it's like yeah. to, you, there's no ability to like inch towards a common value. Uh, and so yeah. what ends up happening is players just get tossed in, and you also have to match salaries. Right, in yeah. So relatively valuable players just get tossed in because there's no other way to complete this trade. Right. And so what ends up happening is the individual value of players and picks gets stripped in certain contexts, where a, a player who on his own could have fetched a second round pick or in baseball terms could have fetched some prospect, you know, right. a C level prospect, they lose all individual value because the only value they have is like a salary matching. Right. If they got twelve million dollars that you thing. can include in right. this, right. And yeah. it's, so it's funny to watch like all these trades where it's just like yeah, well, this guy was you know playing twenty minutes a game for them, but they were willing to just trade him, and then the other team didn't even keep him; they just waived him. Right. Nobody wants him now. Ten minutes ago, this guy Pat was Bev. the six. Yeah, Pat <laughs> Bev is a perfect example. During the offseason, the oh, how is he going to fit? Can they get him back? Oh, now he's just a seven million dollar salary slot or whatever. Yeah. Gets sent to a new team, and then the new team's like, well, we don't want him. But it's so funny <laughs> to watch. Like in in certain times of the year, 
a player or a second round pick or whatever has incredible value and people are obsessing about his role on the team right. or where they fit or how they could be moved. And then an hour before the trade deadline, it's like, yeah, we'll just give you these three guys who have combined to play 55 <laughs> minutes a game for us. Right. And how many second round picks do you want? Because it, it's the only way that they can get to this kind of center of the right. value thing. Yeah. I just thought how weird it must be to write and cover the NBA in that way, which is you're just constantly explaining the salary cap ramifications. Yeah. To an audience that doesn't really probably want to hear it yeah. most of the time. Right. And it, it's super. Because all it does is get in the way of the, what they want. Right. Right. And yeah. It, right. It, it gets right. in the way of, well, was this actually a good trade? Are they right. better? Because like you could talk. Right. We could do an hour if we were a tw- uh, Wolves podcast on D'Angelo Russell from Mike Conley without even getting to the players themselves. Because you're talking about all the salary cap ramifications, the contractual stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny as I see all these NBA trades coming across Twitter yesterday after afternoon. And half of them are just like, well, this team wanted this pretty good player, and the other team was just like, what can we give you? And their their ability to do that was so crazy, which is why the farm system set up in Major League Baseball is so unique, and I think yeah, it could be creates I mean, yeah, such yeah, an true. interesting yeah. ability to basically, you know, it's like there's a sliding scale. Like I think of it as like a radio engineer who's pumping up the volume, right. where they just keep sliding the volume up, and that's how baseball trades work. You start at the bottom, and you just basically right. say, "I'm going to slide this up until I get to a point where we both agree." Right. And in basketball, it's just like there's three choices: bottom, middle, and high. Which right. one do you want? Because you just you can't customize it. I, I guess. mean, you've got a you know you've got probably. 100, 120 players under team control. You right. can sit and go through that organization and rank right. them from here's the guy who's the most valuable to here's the guy that's yeah. the least valuable, right? And, and often they're both on the major league roster, by the way. Sure. <laughs> right? And, but in the middle, you've got so many variations that, uh, that you can play with. I wonder how that would work if, if, the, if Major League Baseball had a salary cap and it was a salary cap that you know, was low enough that most teams could right. bump up against it, you know, like right. probably – Hundred and sixty million, hundred and seventy million dollar uh, salary yeah. cap, something like that, right now. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, what? How that would change the dynamics of trading a lot right but, now? But I mean, also, I mean, it, it would trade a lot because you, you know, you can't. If you're up against the cap, you can't trade Max Kepler for a double A pitcher anymore. Right. Do you know? Right. But and the NBA, that is magnified by the fact that in the NBA there are so many. I don't want to call them loopholes because everyone knows about right. it. Right. But that you can go. I mean, they. The Warriors are like eighty million over right. the cap because exactly. once you have a, pl- if you can get a guy onto your roster, you can sign them basically for whatever you want. And so, and football, some of them have penalties associated with them, and some don't. Right. There's right. luxury yeah, tax right. yeah, basically right. for right. all that, but it's not a hard cap. Right. And so, like in baseball, to, NFL is much closer so, to a hard cap. Right. right. Um, it's still not quite a hard cap, but so I guess like the way I was thinking, hello, uh, the way I was thinking about it is baseball is like a, a currency where they use pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters <laughs> right, and yeah, dollars right, and twenties right. and hundreds. You can get exact change in right, baseball. Exactly, do you know what yeah, I mean? Right. If some if I say to you how much is that? And you say it's twelve dollars and fifty seven cents. Right, right. Well I can pay you to the penny for that. Whereas basketball for trades, it's like we got fives, twenties, and hundreds. <laughs> yeah, right, and you go, right, how much yeah. is that? You go uh, sixty-five bucks and nickels. Yeah, and right. we have some, a couple, a handful of nickels. It's like that's sixty-five <laughs> right, yeah. bucks. And it's like, well, I can only either give you, I can give you fifty, right? I can give you a hundred. I could give you a hundred. You give me that, and then ten bucks. But you can never <laughs> right. get to like the precise <laughs> right. amount. And that's so right. that's how I felt. 
watching. But yeah, I mostly just kind of felt as as John Krasinski was just trying to explain to people like it's not just Russell for Conley because if they let Russell leave, then they have no ability to sign anyone right. to replace him. So it's Russell for Connolly, who maybe leader for Connolly, right? <laughs> right. It's like right. Which, so. Yeah, that that drove me nuts. But um, let's see. I had one other thing. I don't know. Do you want to go over top prospects or if I sufficiently pushed it to another week? No, because next week we're not going to ever want to talk about it because you're going to be in Florida. We always have less stuff to talk about in spring training than I think we're going to do. We don't want to sit there in the Let's sun go, go through some of the top. Let's tell you what. Let's do top 10 here and then if we want to do a deeper dive yeah, on some of them, we'll do, we'll do that on the Patreon. Top that. Yeah. Um, See, I put out my top uh, 40 list, which is my 17th annual. Top 40 list. That's so many. John's putting on his glasses. I can't put on my glasses because I've got printed. My, my printout came very, very tiny. I like that I your glasses, they fold up and then the things. John can get his readers to like the size <laughs> of a peanut. I'm never going to carry readers around in my pocket if they're not really tiny. There's just no yeah. way. I will just never have them. I will just but it, go through life. Do you think you'll be the guy at some point where I always love, it's always an old guy. It's got, get, on, it's got them on a chain, <laughs> but it's the ones that disconnect the, in yes, the middle? Yes. Oh, that's my dream. Why? I never understood that. <laughs> I don't know. What is the benefit of that? I don't know. But I always love that. they go. Then you got to put it, and then you disconnect them, and they flap around. By, <laughs> I don't know. I've been wearing glasses for like 20 Where years. Where they so. disconnect at the bridge, right? Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Can, yeah, right. Yeah, they, yeah. they come apart in yeah. the middle. They yeah. become like two monocles, yeah. and then you click them back together. Yeah. I never really understood that. Chrissy thought that I should maybe consider a monocle, because there's really only one eye that's bad. Right, right. Also, I think you've been uh, could wearing... I carry around a monocle and yeah, but like so you have that would, that would be weird enough for it to be a John bonus thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was say, like, people who didn't come to the meltdown didn't see, but John always has his top hat on, and then a lot of times you'll have your cane, and so the monocle exactly right. kind of yeah, completes right. the what, what's the guy's name, Mister Money, Mister Monopoly, Bags? yeah, Mister Monopoly. It's yeah. that name, Money Pants, Money Penny. I don't know something. Hi. Sorry, Monopoly fans. Okay. So, yeah, I put out my uh, 17th annual Top 40 Prospects. Okay. The first year I did it, one of the people on the list was Glenn Perkins. That's how long, uh, yeah, that's how yeah. long ago this that's was. That's funny. Who was our guest at the uh, – And uh, one of the things I – we recently had a series by uh, Theo Tolleson where he went back and looked at like the 2016-2017 Top 30 from MLB Pipeline, not one of yeah. our lists, right? And one of the things that surprised me on that is how many of them made the majors. Right. It was like 23 of them, of the 30, made the majors, at least for a, at least for some period of time, either with the Twins or with another organization, you know, like uh, Akil right. Badu you know, or something like that. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I think we pay a lot of attention to the top 10 list. Uh, and then we kind of like, ah, oh, well, the rest of them, you know, maybe we'll see them. You do see them, <laughs> you know. It's not just, yeah. it's not, and it's not just the odd one like Luis Arise rockets up. You know, the, a lot of these guys end up having you know, some kind of career. Well, that's the point. thing. I mean, we kind of talked about this with a minute ago with like Aaron Sanchez, but every year, like the Twins, what do they use? Like sixty something guys last year, right? And half of these guys, no one's ever heard of, other than right. you know people who cover the team. But like you know, you you call up a Chichi Gonzalez to make a spot start and. Chichi Gonzalez today is just some 32-year-old random journeyman dude who's been 10 years in the right. minors. And blah, blah. Once upon a time, Chichi Gonzalez was the number four prospect for, right. I don't know, the Texas Rangers right. or yeah. something like right. that. Everyone was a prospect at some point. Right. I mean, once in a while you get like a Randy Dobnak who just comes out of nowhere. But like when you see 
all these guys signed to minor league contracts and you know i'm I'm tweeting out oh they signed so-and-so to a minor league deal and every reply is oh here comes the victory parade like what and it's like well no but depth is important and also all these guys if you go and look they started out as some somebody that someone had a lot of high hopes right, on. Yeah. They were a second round pick, and they were the number five prospect in the organization. And they were going well till they got to Double A and whatever. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I used to feel weird about ranking forty guys, right? Because it's like, you know, a lot of the majority of these guys will not play a significant role for the Minnesota Twins. Right. As you said, a lot you of go back 10 it, years later and you go, I don't know, 30 out of these 40 played in the majors. Right. And yeah. so it's nuts. Was it worth writing two paragraphs about them when they were 21 years old if you know someday this guy's going to be a Major League Baseball player? Right. Yeah, probably. And, and, I mean, it, I think when we get to like uh, your list of 11 through 20, we're going to find, oh, there's a lot of like 18-year-olds who, have, who show a lot of promise. Right. And, you know, those guys, I mean, they could absolutely fade away. They could also be a top five prospect here right. in the next three years. You right. know, so it's it's kind of fun to do that. All right. Okay, so this is not some big reveal because hopefully a lot of the people listening to this read the article. But number one, I had Brooks Lee, who was their first-round pick last year, number eight overall. They were uh, very excited that he dropped to them at number eight. He was kind of widely considered certainly top five overall prospects in last year's draft. Some places, Baseball America, that type of thing, had him top three. A lot of places thought he was the best college position player in the draft. The way he fell to the Twins at eight is, A, the Major League Baseball draft is rarely just a in order of uh, value or talent or upside or rankings. There's a lot of, well, if we sign this guy here, we can conserve money and use it on our third-round pick, and the Twins have done that, just like all teams do that. But what really happened was, Run on pitch. Kumar Rocker, who was a top pick the year before and didn't come to an agreement with the New York Mets over his MRI of his elbow, similar to uh, the Mets with Carlos Correa and his ankle, was back in the draft and had pitched in an independent league instead of being at Vanderbilt in the year since he was drafted and was kind of projected as like a mid to late first round pick this time around. And instead, the Rangers picked him like third fourth something like that yeah and then that kind of sent everyone's board scrambling at that point because there were people who thought the first eight picks were all going to be hitters like so it got to the twins uh instead kumar ranker who's a right-handed pitcher got picked in the top five and then i think his name was Cade horton i want to say got picked by the cubs either sixth or seventh which then was a second pitcher right. right before the Twins were picking, which, again, kind of scrambled everybody's boards. And so the Twins felt like, and still feel like, because Brooks Lee signed and went yeah. to rookie I mean, ball you, for you, like a week. You always they, hear, oh, our guy, we got our guy. You know, we, we, yeah. we got the other ones. I mean, there nationally, there was, from, from right. people watching it, were like, boy, the Twins are going to end up with Brooks Lee. Yeah, that's the thing. That's I don't, crazy, right. You're right, that almost... Any team in every year in any sport, whoever they pick, right. this is the guy we wanted to pick. Right. I don't give two craps about that. I, right. I don't even listen to that. Right. But if you get a guy at eight who most uh, public, at least, right. evaluators had at three or four or five, and it's kind of clear that there was some domino effect that right. led to that happening, it's it's intriguing. So, And, then, Lee, his, and then his performance right. afterwards Within was... two months of signing, he was starring in the double-A playoffs. Right. Uh, he played like a week in the at rookie ball. Then they sent him to high A. They skipped him over l- low A. Right. 
um, entirely. Well, he's a college. Yes, yeah, but right. Terry Ryan would have sent him to the <laughs> to Dominican Elizabeth Summer League. <laughs> like the Twins were right. famous for that yeah, under yeah, the yeah. previous regime. Yeah, yeah. That Elizabethan team won like eleven Appalachian <laughs> League championships in like fifteen right. years right. because they'd have dudes. It was like in Little League when some kid would show up with a mustache, and you're like, "This is not Danny Almonte <laughs> right, or whatever." Yeah, right. The Twins would draft like college players and send them to the lowest rung of rookie ball, and they'd be playing like 17 year old guys from the Dominican Republic, and they would just annihilate them. And then people would get all excited about the so and so. He well, he hit 350 in rookie ball. It's like yeah, this guy's 29 years old. Right. He's playing. So this version of the Twins are uh, not quite as prone to that. Right. And Brooksley, who's 21. Who he was a great college player, but it was at Cal Poly. Like it wasn't. Right. Yeah, right. He wasn't at LSU or something like that. Right. Right. Um, but they basically he spent a month in the low minors. Then they sent him to Double A. Oh was, no, to High A. Oh no, High A. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, a month there. Yeah. Basically, he just made it up to Double A for the playoffs. Yes, right, he played yeah, two right. games and then the playoffs. Right. Um, I think he was a DH in the playoffs because the shortstop was Austin Martin on Double A Wichita. Um, and so he hit. 300 he controlled the strike zone had a little bit of power right. uh looked pretty good at shortstop although that's certainly less of a consideration now he was viewed as kind of unlikely to be a shortstop could be a very good third baseman second baseman well that's suddenly much more relevant right. than shortstop because correa is signed long term uh so brooks lee was for me a relatively easy pick at number one i did it when right when they drafted him in july i did a like a mid-season top I don't know if I did ten or twenty, and I still had him second. Yeah, or actually, I behind had him, Royce. I had him third behind Lewis because Duran was still a prospect. Oh, okay, at that okay, point. yeah, behind Lewis and Duran. And what I said at the time was, my guess is, three months from now, Brooks Lee will be at the top of this list. But at least how I tend to view prospect rankings is, I want some evidence, and so right. I could listen to a million people from the Twins from. Other uh, scouting places, whatever, other teams say Brooks Lee's legit. And I, it's not that I don't believe that. But we've seen all kinds of guys who were supposed to be legit, and you send them to single A, and they hit 180, and you go, sure. we got to reevaluate. We're going to see some of them towards the latter 15 right. to 20 on this list. And so my, right. my feeling, I tend to be, and this is relevant, like people have asked where I would have ranked Jose Salas, who's the 19-year-old shortstop right. they got from the Marlins in the Luis Arise Pablo Lopez deal. And I saw a lot of places put him in the top five immediately. And we've got him at eight, I think. That's, I, I think like I that. said between eight and 12. And the reason for that is I have no doubt that he's a really promising prospect. And he's a legit prospect. And, and six months from now, he might be their number one prospect. But if until someone does it in the high minors, right. to me at least, I, I'm, much, with a grain of salt. Yeah, I'm much more conservative because my right. feeling is you can always move a guy up a list. And, yeah, it's true. You can always move a guy down a list too. But I think there's more of a, oh, the damage has already been done. The hype train has already left the station. If you rank a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, some of whom have had no minors experience, let alone high minors experience. And if I say to everyone this is their number three prospect, the hype train starts on that. And then if he goes to double A and hits 200, it's like, whoa, you were way off. Whereas if you say, all right, this guy's very promising. He's 19. He's only played at single A. I'll put him at number nine. And three months from now, if he goes and plays great at double A or high A again, you can always move him up. And so I was wanting to wait for Lee. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want right. to just install him at number one 
just by virtue of the draft slot because I think that's almost like double counting. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he 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 got drafted, but does is that in itself proof of anything? Sort of. Yes. But not really in the way you kind of evaluate. Right. You, at some point, you want to see something to right. bag it. Well, right. two months later, he's yeah. at double A, right. which not many guys even reach, right. uh, and he's hitting the middle of the lineup. So he, to me, was a relatively easy number one. I certainly would view him. It seems like most top 100 globalists have him like top 50. Yeah, Otherwise, we were real split in Twins Daily. We ended up between him and Lewis. I think about it was about 50-50. We ended up going the same way. We went with Brooks Lee as number one and Royce Lewis as number two. But there was a lot. Right. I mean, it was. I think it was you know, six votes for one and five votes for the other, something like right. that. So. so I had Lewis at number two. I mean, we've talked a lot about Why did Lewis. you pick him over uh, Lewis? Uh, what was your thought process in Brooks Lee over Lewis? Well, I mean, I thought this way. You said a fair, fairly easy decision for you. Yes, I think. Well, I mean, the the second torn ACL right was was huge. Okay. Um, basically, you've got concerns I mean, about him coming back. Right. From I the mean, whatever questions you have about about Brooks Lee in terms of he needs to prove it, he needs to have a track right. record. It's similar questions, and in some ways, bigger questions about Royce Lewis. I also just in my head, I thought if the Twins were picking eighth in the draft again, and it got to their slot. And Brooks Lee was on the board, and Royce Lewis was on the board. Today's Royce Lewis, not the guy who got drafted. Right. I think they would take Brooks Lee over Royce Lewis. They love Royce Lewis. Don't get right. me wrong. Right. But I think, you know, if, or if you want to say you were starting a team from scratch and you could pick anybody in the system, that's kind of how I try to view the the list in general. Okay. It's like if you gave me a a blank page for an organization, and you said. Don't you're not focused on winning this year. You're going to try to build like a fully functioning 50 year major league right. baseball organization. Right. You who who would you pick? I would pick Brooks Lee first. I would pick Brooks Lee Lewis second, and then on and on and on. That's kind of how I I view it. At third, I had Emmanuel Rodriguez, who I think if he had not gotten hurt last right. year, yeah. could have certainly been number one. Yep. Uh, he I think probably could have been a top 25 consensus global prospect if he hadn't gotten hurt. He's a guy they signed for like two and a half million as a 16-year-old international guy like we've been talking about in I think 2019. And he's done very well in the low minors. Last year he went to low A, which was his full season American debut. And he had like a 450 on base percentage with like a 550 slugging percentage. He hit a ton of homers. He drew like an absurd number of walks. And then in about the third month of the season, he slid into third base and he tore his right. meniscus, right. Uh, which is the less bad thing to tear in your knee. Right. And he's fine now, right. but he missed the the second half of the season, basically. And you can look at that two ways, which is I actually talked to somebody about this at the winter meetings, a, a team official, not with the Twins, about this. And he said, well, there's two ways to look at it, right? One is if he'd have been healthy – probably was going to get promoted from low A to high A because he was destroying right. low A right. and he was 19 years old. If he gets promoted like in June or July or whatever to high A and he does the same thing at high A roughly, right. then he's a top 20 global prospect. Then right. he's, people yes. are going nuts for him. But he said there's also the possibility he gets promoted to, to high A and he hits you know 212 with two homers, right. in which case some of the flaws have been exposed, some of the weaknesses have been exposed, and all of a sudden now he's not in any – conversation for that and his stock is actually lower than it ended up being because there's the kind of black box component it's what we just talked about you know uh (laughs) we've seen it at one level but right and we'll probably see it at high a this year 
I don't think they'll be shooting him up to double A right. this year, or not not, not beginning, beginning of the year, year yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, we're gonna have to see which way he he takes it. I mean, I kinda, he, he was just such a revelation last year, though. He clearly right. outmatched everything that was there. And it there, didn't so. come out of nowhere. I mean, he was right. a very high profile signing as a sixteen year old. I kind of view the low minors as like obviously you want good performance more than you want bad performance from a prospect, right. but. I kind of view low minors performance as showing people the type of player you can be. It's less important to me whether they hit 310 or 290. It's less important to me whether they had 10 homers or 15 homers. Like all that stuff, the lower you get in the system, the actual like, you know, value of their performance, their production, or whether they were 10% better than the league average or 12%, that is irrelevant mostly to me. It's more about what have we learned – well, what we know about Emmanuel Rodriguez is he was too good for low A right. at 19. Right. Right. We know he's incredibly patient at the plate. We know he has legitimate power. We know at least pre-injury he was a pretty competent center fielder, had some good speed. Like It's, it's almost like establishing the baseline yep. for what, what is this guy going to look like someday as a player. And I don't mean, right. I don't mean physically, although that's a component too with these guys in the low minors, a lot of them. Right. A lot of like, a lot of these like teenagers, it's so tricky. You're trying to project their performance, but also you're looking at a guy who's uh, you know, eighteen. He's six two, one hundred sixty five pounds, and he's a shortstop. Right. And you go, all right, five years from now, when he's probably six three and two hundred twenty pounds, well, is he still gonna be a shortstop? Right. Is he gonna be a DH? Like what? I mean, we saw that with Sano. Like, Sano was a massive 16-year-old shortstop, and then three years later, you would have had a hard time convincing somebody he ever played shortstop. And so that's another factor with the guys in the low minors. And to me, defense is extremely important, not just for defensive value, but for where this guy can actually play in the majors. And as we've seen, what you're marked as in the minors as a position doesn't actually mean so much. So that's another way that things are kind of weeded out as they move through the system. But yes, Emmanuel Rodriguez is a very, very legit prospect. Might have the most upside in terms of if things go well of any player in the entire organization, honestly. I would suggest that between numbers three and four, there is a gap. Yes. That that, the, the, the twins have a one through three that they can be... Yeah, pretty excited about right now. At, at the feel, it feels like, and then after that, there's a gap, and I would say four through like eleven or twelve are all going to be, I think, I agree. amongst the most interesting things to watch this year in the minor leagues because some of them can take a leap or and kind of put themselves into a real position to 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 have a major league well, career. And a lot and of some them are, of the, are going to be in the majors right. too. From yeah, that well, that's true too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I think the four through twelve. I I will yeah. tell I will tell you. That there was, I think, a pretty clear consensus amongst Twins Daily Prospect Hounds about who the top three were. And then you get to four through 11, and you take a look at the respective ballots, and it turns into a shuffle. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I'll, that's always going to be true to some extent because it's like, you know, think of any, think of any ranking, you, you know, top 25 college football ranking, right? Right. It, everyone usually agrees on some order of the top three, but if you said right. to somebody, "How could you rank them eighth? I thought they should have been fourteenth. Right? It's like, well, there's no difference between eighth and fourteenth because yeah. you know the less precise this is the curve. Get, yeah, right. this is the way a bell curve. But works. I, I do agree with that. Like <laughs> right. when I was trying to put this list together, and it, it's a it sounds absurd, but it's a months long process for me right. writing it out and talking to people about it and everything. 
top three, I was like, well, this is going to be the top three in some order. I knew that before I even started putting it together. Right. And then I was like, well, who's fourth? I ended up going in this, I think, four, five, six, seven, eight, that group, which I think is pretty solid I for the I would even go nine, 10, 11. <laughs> but what I was saying going, is yeah. it's, a, it's an example not only of how I see these guys individually, but it's, I think, this year especially, an example of some of the stuff I was just talking about with low minors, track right. record, all that yep. stuff. Because I tend to... There, there are many prospect evaluators, including some of the best, Baseball America. They seem to, in a lot of cases, value someone upside. the further away Ceiling. they are from yep. the majors because yep. they are looking at upside. And, of course, some 17-year-old kid who's just signed for $3 million and is in you know low A or rookie ball, well, you can dream on them endlessly. You can right. assign whatever upside you want to them, whether it's realistic or not. You can say, oh, they've got power. They've got speed. They've got arm. They've got you know, strike zone control or whatever. Well, by the time that guy gets to double A three years later or four years later, well, you've seen. You know, right. yeah, they don't actually have that much plate discipline. We had to move him from shortstop to third base. He doesn't steal bases anymore because he added like 25 pounds. He's got a little bit of power, but not really. He's, right. he's a lefty and he's not good against you – know, just all the warts start to be exposed, which right. is natural. But – my, I'm, I'm always kind of confused as an industry that even the best places, and nobody's better at this than Baseball America, and there's some other places I would point to too, they never seem to correct for that. Like it's, it remains the same for 30 years that I've been reading. Yeah, it, you and I is, have the same bias on this. I, I think I, the trick I think is, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I used to be, I think, even more in your camp than I am now or in that sort of hey, let's try and figure out where the 50th percentile is, right. not where the ceiling is, right? right. And, and what I would I, – the more I've watched it, the more I'll say this. Finding somebody with the, with the, that actually hits their ceiling so it, and has that high ceiling and can hit it is so incredibly valuable. Right, sure. like when you find that player, and they are that—that that is a you know, having a six-war player or a seven-war player that comes out of your system is is a unicorn. It is it is something that is unbelievably valuable, right? Whereas finding guys who you know are going to be a good have a good seven-year career as a, a three-war player, right? They are in fact findable. You know that sure. they, they they are they are so. I do get this. I do kind of get why they value that ceiling. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I would say but, that everyone should be valuing upside and ceiling. I just think that we're as a as an industry, we're too kind of lenient or too presumptive about how we can actually go. judge that yeah, or the likelihood of that. I, I, and, and I just think if if every year your top prospect is some 18-year-old or 19-year-old kid who's barely played against anybody. And then every time within three years, that guy's ranked lower at double-A than he was in rookie ball. Well, to me, that's not a problem with the players themselves. That's just how things work. And so I'm all for judging upside. And, I mean, the majority of this is based on upside. Um, But even someone like Emmanuel Rodriguez, who was as good at low-A as a 19-year-old as you can possibly be. Right. I'm not going to put him number one because we don't even know what he's done against double-A pitchers right, yet. Yeah, which is a big proving ground. Right. right. Let alone triple-A, let alone the majors. Can he get through more injuries yeah. and all that stuff? And so that, in general, 
not specific to one player or one year or one list is is kind of how I view things. So that's how you get to number four. <laughs> I have is Matt Walner, who got a brief yep. taste of the majors with the Twins. Um, you know, just, I, I would argue that he does have high upside, right. but yep. he's twenty five and he's going to play a part for the Twins this year. And he had a huge year last year, lots of helium yeah. last year, minor right. league player of the year for right. the Twins. Uh, number five, I had is Austin Martin, okay. which I think I'm higher than most still on, on Austin Martin. I'm not even, it's funny, like, I'm not particularly high on Austin Martin. I wasn't particularly high on him as the prospect. I thought there were other kind of headliners from other right. teams they could have done better with when they traded Barrios. But I also don't think his bad season that he had at Double A that caused everyone to drop him out of their right. top 10 or whatever was quite as bad as everyone thinks. I think it was devoid of power and it included an injury, but I mean, you look and he's got like a 380 career on base percentage. He stole 40 bases last year. He can still going to find his home defensively where he can add value. So I, I and I also think he's going to be in the majors this year at some point. Right. And so to me, do I want to, you know, I, one example, Connor Prelip, who was their second round draft pick last year out of Alabama. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. And prior to Tommy John surgery, he was a consensus top 10 player in last year's draft. Right. But he pitched, I think, 18 career innings in college. Right. And I've seen people rate him as the Twins' number two prospect, the Twins' number four prospect, the Twins' number six prospect. And I'm like, I have no doubt that that is his upside. He has incredible upside. He he would have been a top 10 pick if healthy. They would never even have gotten him. Um, But – he not only hasn't thrown a pitch for the Twins organization, he's barely thrown a pitch, yeah. period. I had I had years. so much trouble figuring out where to put Prelip. Uh, he was number seven on Twins Daily's list, but he was number 14 on right. my list. I put him 12th yeah. or 13th. Right. Not, again, if you're just, like you said, if you're just lining it up purely based on upside, well, he's like probably two or three, something like that. But what what is, I guess, what is accomplished or what is the information being conveyed when you take a guy who was a second-round pick – which, by the way, means that if he had such incredible upside, someone might have taken him in the first 30 picks of the draft, right? If he was really yeah, yeah. immediately the second best prospect in the Twins organization. what What is the information someone who makes a list is trying to convey to their audience by ranking a guy who hasn't thrown a pitch in three years ahead of the reigning minor league player yeah. of the year, the reigning – all that stuff. So it's a, it's a balancing. I mean, I think six months from now – if Connor Prelip is right. healthy, right. he could very well be their number one prospect. But guess what? Right. If that happens, six months from now, I'll put I'm out a midseason ranking yeah. and I'll have yeah. him as the number one prospect. There's a lot of like wish fulfillment, I think. So just to run through these real quick. Well, because especially because you set the table for four through eight or four right. through nine, which on my list are all basically kind of match what you're talking about. Guys who have yes. had success on our have had success at least double A are probably in triple A this year or in the majors yes. this year, right? Because you and they're not quite in the same order, but you've got right. Walner, and then who you got five? Austin Martin five. Okay, five. Yeah, Edward perfect. Julian six. Okay, I had him as four. I had um, uh, <laughs> right. Louis Varlin. I have him as at eight, at seven, <laughs> and Simeon Woods Richardson at eight. Yeah, I've, so, I've, yeah. Got a, I've got those five shuffled, but they're the same five. Four through eight. Right. Yeah. Let's see. Three out of the five have already been to the majors briefly right. in September yep. for the Twins. And I would guess, barring injury, obviously, five out of those five will be in the majors, you know, for yep. a relatively decent amount of the season for the Twins this year. And it's not – I'm not saying, like, if a guy hasn't reached double-A AA or triple-A, he's not a worthwhile prospect. There are tons of – I mean, sure. Manuel of course. Rodriguez is probably right. a year and a half from getting to double-A, and I still put him at number three or whatever. Right. But my point is just 
if you find yourself liking a prospect more the less you know about them and the less performance you have to evaluate and the less certain about their body type and their plate discipline and their power and the position they're going to – if you consistently find yourself liking that prospect more than you do two years later when you know more about them, right. that's a weird way to think about it, I think. Because yep. like, you should be wanting more information about these guys. And it just so happens when it comes to baseball players and prospects, the more information that comes out, the higher they get, the more track record they have to evaluate, the closer to kind of fully developed that they are – inevitably some of that information is going to be bad information negative information it's going to expose weaknesses and you can adjust your ranking from there but yeah to me you got to be some kind of prospect yeah to be like a 19 year old at rookie ball or low a and have me rank you higher than someone who's got four years in the minors and, is, Look, and, and looks like a solid starter right. in the right yeah Somebody uh-huh. who, a solid starter with some upside, right? Now, once you get past eight, I'll just run through a few of these real quick because we're way over already because I've been babbling. It was very important. I did that whole thing about <laughs> food delivery that went nowhere. <laughs> They're not all winners. Now, you and I match on nine and ten. I will tell you that uh, nine. Oh, you read my articles. Right? I, I made a list yesterday. And I compared it to mine. So Yeah, so once you get past eight, which I had as Simeon Richardson. So you had a basically seven out of my top eight have at least gotten to double A, if right. you count yeah. Brooks Lee being at double A. Um, I would say six out of eight and possibly seven of those top eight will be in the majors this year. Right. Um, once you then get past that point, these are the best of the high minors or major league ready guys. Right. Then I'm much more open at that point to then just pure upside. Sure. Who yep. has the most upside? If yep. everything goes well for this next group, who is the best? So I have at number nine, Marco Raya, yeah, who pitcher. literally has 60 innings in the minors in three years since they drafted him <laughs> as a high schooler. Right. They have really good innings. And if you talk to Twins officials, they talk about this dude like they're in love. Like okay. he's a, a little tiny right-handed starting pitcher who they got his fastball from like 90 to 95 compared to when they drafted him, and he just slings breaking balls all day, and he's got good command, and he did really well at low A for 60 innings, but he's on a pitch limit, and he missed the previous year with some nagging injuries, and he's you know five foot nothing, 100 and nothing. I think if you're just saying who's got the most upside in the twin system, he might be like fourth. But if you're saying, like you said, Everyone has their 50th percentile outcome 10 years from now. Where does he rank on terms of value? Who knows? Yeah, ninth. I don't know, something like that. So I have Marco Raya, number nine, uh, Yasser Mercedes, who's even low. He played in the Dominican Summer League at 17. Now, he hit 350. And last year in the international signing period, they gave him 3 million bucks to sign as a 16-year-old. So that was no surprise. But, I mean, he might be three years away from double A. Right. So it's like... I, like if you're reading one of my, and, prospects, and they've got a couple guys like that. They also got yes. Rodriguez. They also picked up the guy yep. in the in the uh, Marlins trade. Yep. It, it almost it almost looks like they're trying to do sort of a prep a second wave of seventeen, yeah, I mean, eighteen I year old. Uh, I mean, there's they have found a lot to of to move through the pipeline in international guys. Right. I mean, hopefully Rodriguez pans out and Mercedes pans out, which is why they got so many people playing in the WBC. That's, that's a fair point, John. <laughs> Although Puerto Ricans get drafted, but yeah. uh, that's, that's but yes, yeah, that's right. in general, that's yeah. a. That's a good point. Uh, so I have Mercedes, number 10. Number 11 is a guy named David Festa, who I think has an outside chance to reach the majors this year. Yep. He's another mid-round draft pick who was kind of a middling college pitcher that they added three miles an hour to the fastball. It's a similar story for a lot of guys in the organization. And then number 12, Connor Prelip, 
the aforementioned uh, Tommy John returnee from Alabama, who uh, has as much upside as any pitcher in the organization, certainly. But, you know, I'm just of the opinion you got to see something from him yeah. before you boost him ahead of guys who have actually had some level of performance. I just wanted to, so I mentioned Jose Salas, who they got from the Marlins. I would have put somewhere in that eight to twelve range. Right. Yep. Kind of right after the established high minors guys. So he might have been number nine, let's say, between or number ten between Raya and Mercedes I or think number I eleven. I had him at thirteen. Okay. Yep. Um and then just so people know, no longer prospect eligible this year because they graduated last year, which means they got more than 130 at-bats or 50 innings in the majors. Uh, Duran. Right. Joe Ryan. Right. Jose Miranda. Josh Winder. Hilberto Celestino. Now, when you look at the farm system rankings right. that every site puts yep. out, and the Twins are number 17 or whatever, keep in mind that they've graduated right. what would probably be like their number two, three, four, seven, and ten prospect, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the Franklin Eleven are not going to be on the team. Celestino ain't going to be on the team. Right. He's still, right. I, I certainly uh, would still consider Winder well, and Celestino prospects. Right. I would too. Which is tricky. I mean, right. but for that matter, Larnick is damn near a prospect. <laughs> right. yeah. And he's in his third year coming right. into yeah. it. And then also they traded away, if people remember, yeah, Spencer right. Steer, right. Christian Encarnacion Strand, which both of those guys might have won minor league player of the year if they'd have been in the organization right. the whole year. Uh, Chase Petty, who was their first round pick two years ago, they <laughs> right. traded for Sonny Gray. Right. Uh, Steve Hajar and Cade Povich, who I saw um, ESPN ranked Cade Povich, 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 uh, who's the lefty they sent to the Orioles for Jorge, Jorge Lopez at the deadline. ESPN ranked him, I think, fifty fifth or fifty fourth really? on their top one hundred, which wow. I have not, I have not seen uh, anywhere like that. He was higher than any Twins prospect, huh. which if they. Truly traded their best prospect for Jorge Lopez. That's a that's, that's a problem. But we'll uh, see so yeah, that's that's the state of the farm so system. And don't let's not also not forget they've also got the number five pick in this upcoming draft because that's they've right. won that lottery. And it's supposed to be a very good draft. I just checked in with somebody. So Sean Johnson, who's their I think his title, he's their scouting director, but right. uh, vice president of amateur scouting, I, th- I believe, is his title now because there's so many titles now um, at the draft lottery, which I was at. He was very excited. Right. Of pick. And he said at the time, we walked up to him two minutes later, he was, you know, thrilled. Right. And he's like, not only do we get to pick fifth, but this is a real nice draft. Oh, okay. He's like, for college bats, it's real good, which they obviously like. So I checked in with somebody, not him, but somebody else who's on the scouting side for another team. And I said, like, is the sense still that this is a very strong draft? And he said, yes, don't worry. The Twins are going to get a real nice bat at number five. Because <laughs> he knew what I was talking about. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You think about Brooks Lee. If Brooks Lee lives up to any level of the hype that he already has, that is a complete game changer for the Twins organization. And now they have a chance to essentially add a second Brooks Lee in back-to-back years. Now you hope you'll never pick in the top ten. Right, That'd of course. Amazing. Right, right. Uh, that's a good sign. The Twins rarely picked in the top ten for like a decade during the uh, the early Ron Gardner okay. era or whatever. But Okay. Um, I was going to try to convince you to take the Eagles against me in the I'll take the Eagles. Of course you I'm taking the Eagles. Eagles minus one and a half. Here's what I'm worried about with that. Here's why, why do you t- Tell me why you like Kansas City, and I'll tell you why I'm cautious about the Eagles. I've watched like three quarters of NFL. <laughs> I don't want the Eagles to win, other than I love Chrissy and you. But they've already we won. T- we talked a lot about going to this. I'm sick of the, I'm sick of the effing Eagles. Okay? <laughs> I also. But not the Chiefs? 
No, for some reason I'm not All sure. Right. Because here's the thing. I think Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, uh-huh. is probably going to end up – let's set aside Tom Brady who's got like a whole different – I think Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be the best football player I've ever seen. Okay. All right. Um, and so you want him to rack up those Right. What I don't want is the same LeBron Maybe, maybe Jalen Hurts is going to be the best football player yeah, you've ever he's seen. he's good. But I, I hate – when you know a top five player of all time and they're in the middle of the career and all anyone wants to talk about is well they only have one championship right, they, right, right. so i would like to see patrick mahomes rack up a few okay particularly How many does he have one or two one, one okay. but he's been to the super bowl and Dream lost bowl, yeah, right. yeah um because here's the thing if he loses again in the super bowl then that Yes, he's got the one, but he's uh, lost more than he's won in the Super Bowl. I hate that. I'm definitely. I'll definitely take the Eagles. I'm. A, I, I think uh, what people don't understand. I, I think Jalen Hurts' injury is more significant than Pat Mahomes' injury. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts, you know, missed the last end of the regular season getting rest, and it, from watching, and I've watched a lot of the playoff games because my wife's an Eagles fan. Uh, Hurts is not throwing downfield. He is throwing underneath. He is throwing 10, 15 So you're saying maximum. they should bench him for what's his name? Garner Minshew yeah, or whatever his name? I am definitely is not. I am definitely not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is Andy Reid can probably scheme against a quarterback oh. who's having trouble throwing yeah. more than 10, 15 yards downfield. Well, I didn't think uh, we were going to actually <laughs> analyze this, John. I have no ability to do but that. But yeah, uh, how much have we put on it? Oh, well, that's. Somebody else asked me this, and I said, you could pick a number. Okay. But uh, you wait. You're taking Eagles minus one and a half, which I think uh, is the official. Well, I'm I, taking the Chiefs. I, you don't care about the one and a half. You just want them to win straight up. Yeah, but you want is, you're rooting for Pat Mahomes. Pretty no, important. No, no, I think maybe. How about, how about, how about on the half? Well, we don't want to push. That's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. A <laughs> yeah. push on the Super Bowl, but it's no, horrendous. No, 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 you're right. I mean, I was I was thinking a half point, but there's no point in having a half point because it's not going to be a what tie. What if they did that? They were like, you know what? We've played three overtimes. It's not be a tie. Yeah, let's just go home. We'll refund all the advertisers. Okay, I'll do. I'll either do fifty on one and a half, or I'll do a hundred straight up. Well, why would which I one do you, take which one hundred? Which one do you want? You want you take the fifty on one and a yeah. half? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, I'd like good. the real blind for the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, all right. Well, there's your, everybody's right. rooting interest. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody in the state of Minnesota rooting for the Eagles. Huh? Have you met my wife? <laughs> Well, that's part of the reason. Anybody who's met her is, can't root for the Eagles at that point. Plus, the Phillies were just in the World Series. Right. We're sick of Philadelphia. We will uh, definitely be doing, I think, a Patreon from when I arrive in uh, Fort Myers. Before you get there, I will give you the lay of the land. Well, let's see. That, when you uh, lose this 50 on the Super Bowl, will you still be able to afford the condo uh, in probably, Fort Myers? I, probably, I, okay. hope so. I hope I can. Uh, <laughs> He offered me 50 with the spread or 100 with – oh, man. I figured People, you'd want to win more money. Do I, if, you, if you had any confidence, you'd go with more money. Is there a sign that just says sucker on my forehead? That, there is. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe she wrote it. I didn't say anything. I, was I did not say anything. <laughs> I haven't looked at a mirror in 15 years. But. All right. Uh, thank you to HelloFresh and Raycon and 7th, 7th Avenue, Avenue Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. Go grab some. we will probably be back before John heads out of town, I'm going to guess. Monday. No. We will not no? be. No. No, because I get Super Bowl weekend, so we will not be doing Boy. a pa- we will not be doing a Patreon oh. Monday or Tuesday. The next Patreon will be live from Fort Myers Wednesday or Thursday. So Probably I might Wednesday, win fifty on the Super Bowl, but I lose untold. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna be collecting until you show up in uh, show up in Fort Myers. All right, goodbye. Bye.